Greetings and welcome, all you commanders, angels. This is Rainbird, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Turn Rama's Hard News on Friday night on BBS Radio Station One. We're so grateful that you join us here tonight, and we'd like to take a few moments to go into our heart space and set the tone for the evening. So let's take a few gentle breaths. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, slowly. Whatever breathing protocol you find, as we go into that heart space, we let go of that dross of the day, and we hear that calling drum. So let's gather our guides, our guardians, our spirit kings. our healing teams, our ancestors. Totems, whoever you like to journey with that kini drum with. And it's a council fire it's in the center. So let us all gather around that council fire in that virtual way we know how to do. Coming close, that circle around that fire. We call in the seven galactic directions in the Mayan tradition with the Kimi drum.
comes from the east, the house of light. May wisdom open in the dawn that is upon us, so that we may see things clearly. We welcome from the north, the house of light, night. May wisdom of mature among us, so that we may see everything from within. Welcome from the West, the house of transformation. May wisdom be transformed to right action so that we might accomplish what must be done. And we greet from the South. The house of eternal sun. These right actions give us the harvest so that we might enjoy the fruits of the planetary being. And we greet from above the house of paradise where the star people and the ancestors gather. May their blessings reach us now. We welcome from below the house of the earth. May the beating of the crystal planet's heart Bless us with this harmony so that we might end war. And we welcome from the central source of the galaxy, which is everywhere at once. May everything be recognized as the light of mutual love. Ayam Hunabku Ihumaya Imaho Ayam Hunabku Ihumaya Imaho Ayam Hunabku Ihumaya Imaho All hail the harmony of mind and nature. Aho Matakuyas Inakesh Autis I am another you, you are another me. Stay wherever that heart that heartbeat took you. <laughs> that drumbeat. As we take a look at the mind record of days, I'd like to point out that yesterday, Ken number fifty five 
the Blue Eagle, and the day before, Ken member 54, White Wizard, was the 52nd um, like, it's not an anniversary because we cycle on 260 days, but the 52nd return of the harmonic convergence in 1987. And so this was a powerful day for making that shift happen where those intentions that we set that day and the work that we did at the harmonic convergence comes into that maturity, that next step, that 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 major shift that we're all looking for. So I consider it a shift day and, and um yeah, there's a lot to ponder with that and you can find out more at the Space Station Plaza and if you have Telegram they have a commentary about it uh that's really good. It's an article in from Jose Arguelas at that time in and really a, a, a really kind of reunion of that point. So if you have to look that up for um yes for for day fifty five and ten, fifty five and fifty four this week in this wave of Ben the Skywalker wave. It's about being clear and following through. Is that an intention and we're on that um We're day um, four of that way. We just started it on Tuesday. Uh, so with this, the yellow self-existing warrior, the four key. And the key is the warrior, and its three key words are question, fearlessness, intelligence. And self-existing, those four key words, measure, form, definition. So here's the mantra for today. I define in order to question, measuring fearlessness. I feel the output of intelligence with the self-existing tone of form. I am guided by the power of free will. And so that power of free will, that... um and the, the yellow human. The occult power today is the red serpent, and the ally today is the knight. And the challenge teacher today is the white bridger. So that's our energy, and, the, and we're working with today. And uh, let's look at warrior aspect a little bit more as we. Um, Go forward. The Abe being that warrior, kid of fifty-six. So our work with this energy is trusting in our journey and bringing awareness of right action. So we embrace these gifts of that warrior, that communication with the divine, that access to cosmic consciousness. Let's let go of any limitation, any restriction, or any hesitation as we embrace these energies today and tonight as we're on with this program. And then looking ahead, then tomorrow, we have um, 
a five kaban, the red overtone earth, which is a healing aspect. We are keepers of the earth, so we work with that, do that work, and we <clears throat> stay in awareness of earth energy, keep tuning into her, and listen, and embrace these gifts of having that access to planetary harmony and being that balancing point. Oh, embrace your of intuition and let go of any step, any failure to read the signs or any dissociation as we embrace these energies tomorrow on Saturday and we gather again together here on BBS Radio. And then on Sunday, moving right ahead, it is the only portal day of the week. It's a white rhythmic mirror. So it's a double mirror and it's a portal day. So it's, there's a lot of mirror energy happening. And mirror energy is a warrior aspect. And this is where we work on groundedness and that wise use of honesty. We work with self-understanding. That mirror is so good to show us who we are. Plus, these gifts of scrying the unseen, the fluidity, the persistence of the mirror. And let go of any illusions of separateness, any fear, or any abandonment. As we embrace these energies on Sunday, very powerful day. And then on Monday, the seven clock, which is the blue resonant storm, the visionary aspect. And it's about creating transformation for others and lighting clear thought. So let's embrace these gifts of the possibility of freedom, the power of paralyzing. As we let go of any addiction to crisis, any despair or fear, or any illusion of separation, separation or separateness, as we embrace these energies, on Monday and on Tuesday, moving right along, it's the the last day of the, you know, the yellow galactic sun. And that sun we complete the third union as we embrace this healing aspect of the sun that rise to Christ consciousness, striving towards wholeness and transmitting energy to others. It's just, Energy. So let's embrace the gift of possibility thinking, unconditional love, and the gift of the God self. Let go of any limitation and separation. We work with these energies on Tuesday. Is that right? Yeah, Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, it's a 90 niche. We start in 14 year And, um, yeah, Mish is the red solar dragon. So, and we also start this series of um, Ember Days that I've, I've tried to figure out where are the Ember Days, and I noticed they're just before we shift into another cycle. So we have them four times a year before, the, before during equinoxes and solstices. Uh, so I think, well, that's, Timely, because an empathy is really when we're we're getting rid of what's no longer serving us, uh, and and they're listed in farmers' almanacs because that's when you can go out and rogue out those things that are in the way, <laughs> and and there's and and it works. That's when the time to get rid of pernicious kinds of weeds and things. If you can rogue them out at that on these ember days, we can get rid of them, and so it's 
translating that into our lives, this is when we can let go of what longer service in a really good way. So this nine image, red solar dragon, is an ember day. So let's talk about the image and the dragon. It's an artist aspect. In our work with the dragon, creation, self-dependence, trusting in the universe, and clarity of mind. Embrace these gifts of being that source of creation and that gift of the beginning, that beginner's mind. So any illusion of lack of support as we embrace these energies on Wednesday. And then Thursday is the solstice. And so it's, it's the return of the light. And this solstice has exactly 10 hours of daylight in my neck of the woods. It varies as your, according to what longitude you're in, or, or latitude, you know, which latitude you're in. And uh, so for my calendars, it's showing exactly 10 hours of daylight. And so it is, on this day, a ten eek ish, which is the white planetary wind, and it's a visionary aspect. So, what a great day for a solstice, having that visionary energy and that planetary energy. So, it's about co-creation of heaven on earth. It's a planetary thing to manifest in truth in all matters and remembering our unity with spirit. Uh, <clears throat> so embrace these gifts of having that voice of spirit and, and allowing spirit to work through us and speak through us. As we let go of any judgment of others or any secretiveness, we embrace these energies on this solstice day, that shortest day of the year. And then uh, and it's the return of the light, as Kesh teaches us, it is Bisa that brought to light, and, and it's the birth of the child of Mitra, so it's the light. Uh, in that way, and so it's, it's a very whole day with this Persian mythology uh, and, and, and Mitra coming, and it's, and it's also, um, it's a she. He refers to her as he, though if you look at the mythology books, you see it's a he and a she, or mostly a he, but he's always referring to her as she, and um, she's very important with the knowledge seekers, and because of that teaching, and so I wanted to share that with you all. So let's look again now at Thursday. No, that is Thursday, that white planetary. So then Friday, when we come back, it's an 11 Ball, the blue spectral night, and it's another ember day, and Saturday is also another ember day. So looking at this ember day <laughs> for the the night, uh, Ball, it's an artist aspect, the night, and it's it's about our participation and belief in our abundance, and it's about learning from our dream time. So it's embrace these gifts of the protection of the night and, and being that mystery of life. As we let go of any self-judging or any withdrawal, we embrace these energies on Friday, and we'll talk about 
some more next Friday when we come back. And then I will also say that Saturday is another Amber, Amber Day, as, and it's also a portal day, but we'll talk about that more next week as we get to it. Um, so, it's, But it's a 12, so it's uh, a good number, and it's a good portal day. And for sure, we'll talk about it next week. So I'm going to change my hat. We're going to talk about housekeeping a little bit. And I think we had a really good week. We, I think the update this week is really good. We we finished the uh, uh, for BBS Radio our our finished the second week of of November and all the third week of November and almost half of or at least a good third, more than a third of the fourth week of November. So while we then we just oh for December we have two weeks completed and just start the third week and then we have that little bit more of the fourth week of November for a grand total of one thousand eighty dollars which is good it's within reach and we will be celebrating on Sunday the birthdays of our producers Don and Doug. Newsome, and so we want to have them in our hearts and thoughts as we send uh, our our money that we owe to BBS Radio. And here's how we do it: we go into our heart space and see what is ours to give. And um, yeah, and then we go to bbsradio.com, and there you'll find the schedule listed. The very first thing on the menu is the schedule on the on the website. You'll see that. So we click on that schedule, and you want to look on BBS Radio Station 1 for the um, the Thursday and Friday night shows. So they'll be listed at the 8 o'clock hour, which is central time. So it's for your time zone, but if you need to figure that out. But you'll see listed the 8 o'clock hour on Thursdays, the night at the round table with the panel. And on Fridays, the hard news on Friday night with Tara and Rama, that stuff. Right now, here at the time, <laughs> and uh, as you click on that icon that's there, that takes you directly to our account with BBS Radio. We're using your bank card. You can make a donation in any amount. So this is how we do it here, and it's efficient and it works. And uh, we're grateful to uh, be able to do do those donations that way. Easy peasy. On Saturdays, we have a show, 3.30 hour, and it's the true history, history of the Sarah, our galactic origins with Tara and Rama. And uh, so if you haven't been, do join us. This is a, it's a long day, but not a dull moment, um, <laughs> amazingly enough. Um, so it's a real gift. So let's all go to that one. And so that's at the 3.30 hours. You click on that icon that takes you to our account, and that's listed on the um, BBS radio station, too. So you look on that schedule for that. So there you go. That's all the information you need. And thank you for taking that action. And and wishing Dog and Don a happy birthday on Sunday as uh, they celebrate another trip around the sun. And uh, thank you for your support that way. Thank you for supporting 
all of us that way, as this is how we gather each week together. And yeah, I'd miss it if we didn't. So <laughs> and it takes all of us. So thank you for all your participation. And so we're also assisting Tara and Rama with their uh, living expenses, and they have paid all their bills. So all they need is $200 in living expenses, and that's it. So here's how to make a donation to Tara and Rama. You want to go to the web address, which is rainbowroundtable.net, or access one of the updates. You'll see a link there for where you donate. So as you go to the web address, you'll see the donation button listed on the right-hand side on your computer or on the menu grid on another device. As the list will drop down, you'll see it near the bottom of the list um, of the you know the sites that are on there as the menu grid. So there you go. Just go to that PayPal account and make that donation. You can access the friends and family. Um, for that, you need these email address for Rainbow Table at that site. So if you don't know it, here it is. Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 9999 at hotmail.com. If you have any trouble finding that uh, gifting place, if you're not sure, just go to the support uh, menu on um, the PayPal, and you'll find how to make a gift. And so that has always worked for me. When in doubt, I use it, and I often say happy birthday. <laughs> so there you go. That's how you access that uh, friend option, and that eliminates the commercial charges so your money goes further. And we are all friends here, and so... And family, so that's how we do it that way. Either way is perfect. We're grateful for all your contributions. Thank you for taking that action. Thank you for your support. And thank you for honoring uh, Tara and Rama in this way for all that they do. Um, so that's it. Oh, yeah. And as you're sending something, <laughs> please let Rama know that you're sending something and how much you sent and when you sent it. That email address for Rama Koran, K O R A N, nine at Comcast.net. Koran, at Comcast.net. And let them know what you sent and when you sent it. And as you need it, the mailing address is as follows Rom D Berkowitz, B E R K O W I T Z, Post Office Box. 280 and that's in Santa Cruz, New Mexico, 87567 is the zip. I'll say it again, Post Office Box 280, Santa Cruz, New Mexico, zip code 87567. There you have it, all the information you need. Thank you so much for all your contributions, and the spirit of giving is in the air and in the season. So lots of gratitude and holiday, best holiday wishes to all of you. 13 thank yous and honey in the heart, and I'm passing this talking stick, and, and Rudolph is taking the lead with the red nose. There's lots of fairies and feathers and Christmas lights 
abound all over the place. Everybody is sparkling their best colors, and it looks pretty yummy, and there's lots of lots of goodies in the mix, and all the little people, everybody's celebrating, and there's also unicorns and dragons and fairies and feathers and, yeah, the gnomes and hoonies and all the elementals and all kinds of rays from the universe celebrating the season. Greetings, Tara and Rama. Here comes his talking stick. Excalibur Sword of Truth is there, as always, and we welcome you. Greetings. And for all of you out there, 13 thank yous and honey in the heart. We appreciate every one of you. So greetings, Tara and Rama. Here comes his talking to Greetings. Greetings. Thank you. Oh, everyone, thank you, Rainbird. That was thank wonderful. Thank you, everyone. Rainbird. I hope you can feel it. I can. The spirit of Christmas is here. <laughs> and thank you for remembering. Happy birthday to Don and Doug. I know how old they are because they are six months younger than my son, Christopher. And Christopher has his birthday six months ahead of them on the 28th of June. And so he turned 55. So that means they turn 55 today, tomorrow, Sunday, Sunday, right? Oh, my gosh. The time is going all I know is that we are in a new dispensation where aging is not the main uh, trajectory of the human race. It's uh, living in the light of love, which uh, I, you might say it reverses the aging process. So don't worry, be happy. And we've got a yowling kitty again. Please forgive us. Yes. <laughs> Miss Tegan put her in the circle of support and place the violet fire. She's having hor hormone issues. <laughs> so Rama, I'll pass the talking stick to you. You've got something to share. Yeah, not so fun, these stories, because... Amy's going to lay it out in lavender here a little bit later and send more love. Um, I received a, a call from Rosa Palestine, from Palestine, and she had Mr. Mahmoud Abbas on, who is the head of the PLO. I don't know how Rosa got this you know, got her to get him to get to talk to me. Well, she's Palestinian. Yeah. And she's got her ways. And basically, well, Mr. Abbas said, what is going on in Gaza is genocide. And mm -hmm. I blazed violent fire. All we are saying is give peace a chance. And, um... Three hostages were killed today by the IDF, and supposedly Mr. Yahoo is in deep mourning over this, and I have no 
not sure what to say about it because it is all a play about the deep state. Mr. Abbas said that not all the members of Hamas are evil. It has been infiltrated by the, you know, C blank A, DIA, NSA, I can go on with the ABCs and, you know, the 13 families who, this is a very ancient story about Enki and Enel, and the sooner that story gets told about the fallen angels, not all the Elohim were bad. Some fell to, let's say, the word magic of Enlil, who played Lucifer, and, you know, the kingdom. And it is a very big deal when you have the consciousness and the abilities, the siddhas, Jedi powers of a co-creator, god-goddess, and you mess with people's minds with the, uh, lovingly I could call it a Jedi mind trick, which is not cool when you use it for the dark side. And to enslave an entire planet with the Matrix for 26,000 years and bringing it up to date, this is all related to what is going on in Israel and Gaza. And the original Hebrew people were black. They were not white. And... There's a lot of explaining to do about how things got twisted and blazed violent fire because it is, as we meet our galactic families and friends, some of them are blue, some are green, some have some other forms of uh, reality that we had better get used to and we are all God's children in loving presence mm-hmm. right now these stories that are coming to the forefront have to do what happened so many eons ago where let's say the Pleiadians and the Syrians and some of the other galactic races had to face off against the reptilians from Orion. Not all the reptilians from Orion were bad. And this is a larger story I even know how to begin to talk about because it's about all of us, how we played and Place of Violet Fire. I passed the talking stick. Really? Yes. I How guess I better. Yes, we better play our. Play this. It's this is a um, almost seven minutes. 
tell us what this is from Aurora Ray and major update Galactic Federation to bring astonishing advanced tech to Earth here we go here we go Quantum Leap awaits. Galactic technologies to transform Earth. It's the biggest news for humanity. A cosmic revelation that echoes across the vastness of space. The Galactic Federation, once bound by telepathy alone, has chosen a new path. They will transmit their messages directly to our earthly communication devices. A moment of awe awaits us where life on Earth will undergo a transformation of unimaginable proportions. Prepare for a shift that surpasses boundaries, a paradigm shift. The very frequency of our Earth shall elevate, transcending from threed to the wondrous realm of fived. Imagine this grand event, celestial emissaries reaching out, their messages tangible, dissolving the distance between civilizations no longer confined to dreams or distant stars, their wisdom, knowledge, and guidance will grace our fingertips. A symphony of enlightenment will sweep across our planet, touching every soul. The limitations that bind us will crumble, opening up new realms of possibility and illuminating our collective awareness. This encounter heralds a mosaic interwoven with ancient wisdom and futuristic marvels. Earth. Our cherished home ascends beyond the known, its frequency rising. In this elevated state, new dimensions of truth and perception await our exploration. Picture it, a cascade of colors, emotions, and insights like stardust sprinkled upon our very being. It beckons us to rise above the mundane, embrace our inherent potential, and dance on the universal stage of consciousness. Let our hearts, minds, and spirits prepare for this extraordinary encounter. The Galactic Federation's arrival draws near, and with it, a future of unity, enlightenment, and cosmic kinship. Count down the moments, dear ones. Hold on to hope, for the celestial emissaries are on their way. Together, we embark upon a journey of discovery, evolution, and boundless wonders. Humanity, brace yourselves. The physical embrace of the Galactic Federation is near. Await this dawn of a new era with anticipation as our hearts open wide to the extraordinary that lies ahead. Very soon, the Galactic Federation will bless us with their benevolence, bestowing upon Earth their advanced technologies. These marvels will revolutionize our lives, altering the very fabric of our human existence Prepare to behold a world utterly transformed as the touch of extraterrestrial ingenuity leaves an indelible mark on our humble planet. Let us delve into the remarkable details of these celestial gifts and the benefits they hold for humanity. Faster than light, eftel, travel. Imagine journeys that transcend the boundaries of time and space propelling us through the cosmos at unimaginable speeds. The stars themselves will become our playground, opening doors to uncharted realms, energy manipulation. Tap into the boundless reservoirs of free energy, harnessed with finesse by the celestial masters. Fuel our homes, 
our cars, our industries, and our aspirations with sustainable and limitless power, illuminating a future filled with possibilities. Advanced spacecraft, behold vessels of splendor, born from the dreams of distant worlds. These celestial chariots shall carry us to the farthest reaches of the universe, weaving through celestial tapestries and exploring the wonders that lie beyond. Telepathy and communication forge connections that transcend the barriers of spoken language. With minds intertwined, barriers crumble, allowing us to commune with fellow beings across galaxies, sharing wisdom and experiences with the simplicity of thought. Shape-shifting or metamorphosis, witness the transformative power within us all. Unlock the potential to adapt, evolve, and transcend the confines of our physical forms. Embrace the freedom to become, to change, and to explore new facets of our existence. Advanced medical technologies. Bid farewell to the shackles of ailments and suffering. Let celestial healing touch us, mending the broken, revitalizing the weary, and gifting us with a state of well-being that knows no bounds. Genetic manipulation. The secrets of life itself unfold before us as we venture into realms where genes can be molded like clay. Unleash the power to unlock our fullest potential, creating new possibilities and shaping the very essence of our being. In this cosmic symphony of ingenuity, the Galactic Federation gifts us a future teeming with wonder and opportunity. Let us embrace the boundless potential of these celestial technologies. Each one, a beacon of hope, propelling humanity toward an era of astounding discoveries. Prepare, dear ones, for the dawn of a new age. A celestial fabric of possibilities awaits, woven with the threads of imagination and realized through the harmonious union of science and spirit. Rejoice, for the Galactic Federation beckons us toward a future where our dreams become reality. Let this knowledge inspire our collective spirit as we embark on this extraordinary journey, hand in hand with our celestial allies. Very soon, our lives will forever be transformed. Embrace the cosmic union, for a quantum leap awaits us all. May the cosmic melodies echo within us, and may the celestial messages guide us toward a radiant tomorrow. We love you dearly. We are here with you. We are your family of light we are the Galactic Federation. Aho! This is a message to humanity from Aurora Ray, Ambassador of the Galactic Federation. Okay, everybody. Um, well, uh, do you want to say anything more, Rama? Because we just we have a few minutes, two minutes the most. I can just say that, like we have been told many times, as our family and friends land, this planet can be transformed in 30 days or less. It's, you know, it's a big deal, and... I just keep being told there are so many 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands of ships here. And they've been showing up all over the world in the physical. Yeah. They can't hide it too much longer, blaze the boiler fire. Not that is for sure. Caroline had a dream the other night. It was yesterday. <laughs> I mean the well, the night before yesterday, you know, Wednesday into Thursday night. Um Thursday morning. Uh, she dreamt that she was outside and the ships were flying overhead in broad daylight and they changed in form and formation clear as day as I stood and I watched with a few other people I kept calling out hello we see you hoping they would land one day they will perhaps sooner than we think and I know that our brother Chin and his whole family and the neighbors on his street mm. saw that happen in living color. <laughs> Everything from a teenager to the grandmas. <laughs> That's very cool. I don't know. I guess there were some younger kids, too. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Just regular families. Mm -hmm. oh, it's great. It's it's. I'm looking forward for the next time we get to hear from Dr. Greer. But we've got to take a break now. Rama, give us the phone numbers. 720-716-7301. And the PIN code is 353-863-POUND. Okay. And then we'll see you there. And we'll be there together for the, about another hour, and then we'll be right back here at BBS Radio Station 2. And we will proceed from there. See you on the conference. Let's see what we can come up with together, our creative time together. See you there. Namaste.
Life is so long where there is injury. Pardon where there is doubt. Faith where there is despair. Hope where there is darkness. Life where there is sadness. Joy or demon master. Precious Art, thank you for joining us for our weekly vlog. Today is December 12th, and we have entered the 1212 portal, which allows our I am presence to empower the 1212 catalyst codes in our fifth dimensional DNA to the next level. This 1212 portal of light has been building in momentum 
for over 500 years. December 12th is a powerful day in its own right. But this year, the influx of light that is bathing the earth today is exponentially intensified due to the powerful shift of vibration we experienced on November 11th, 2023, as our galaxy was breathed through the 11-11-11 portal into the full embrace of our grand central sun, Sanat and Luz. For the past 500 plus years, on December 12th, people all over the planet have been honoring the aspect of Mother Mary, known as the Virgin of Guadalupe. This collective and rhythmic focus of attention on Mother Mary, who is an exponent of our Mother God and the Divine Feminine, has been building in momentum year by year. This has created a mighty portal of light that extends from the very heart of our Father Mother God, which is the core of creation, into the heart of Mother Earth, which pulsates in the sun of even pressure in the center of this planet. December 12th is the day of celebration that turns humanity's attention to the divine feminine which is the love nature of our mother God anchored in every person's heart flame. 1212 is a sacred geometric code that was imprinted within the DNA of humanity by our mother God and our I am presence after our fall from grace. The divine intent of this code was for it to serve as a catalyst for humanity's accelerated awakening once our I am presence was able to activate our 12 fifth dimensional crystalline solar strands of DNA. That DNA activation occurred on the anniversary of Harmonic Convergence in August of 2019. 2019 was numerically a 12 year that empowered December 12th, 2019 with a 12, 12, 12 frequency of vibration. That vibration allowed every person's I am presence to successfully activate our dormant 12, 12 catalyst codes for the very first time. Since that time, our I am presence has been using our 1212 catalyst codes to awaken us in powerful ways it was not able to utilize prior to the activation of our 12 solar strands of DNA. The catalyst code 1212 aligns with the sacred geometry associated with our solar system. In last week's vlog, 347, we learned about how the number 12 is reflected in the various systems of worlds the Earth abides in. 12 is also reflected in the fact that we have 12 fifth dimensional solar strands of DNA, 12 fifth dimensional solar chakras, 12 solar aspects of deity, 
12 constellations in our zodiac and 12 ages in our 26,000 year procession of the equinoxes. This is why we hear so much about the power of the 12 times 12 and the number 144 or 144,000 in relation to the events associated with Earth's ascension process. The initial activation of the 1212 catalyst codes in humanity's fifth dimensional DNA was a critical step in birthing the new decade on January 1st, 2020. That activation paved the way for the multidimensional activities of light destined to be co-created by lightworkers around the world. At that time, our Father, Mother, God in the company of heaven assured us that during the next 10 years, 2020 to 2030, humanity will change the course of history for Mother Earth and all her life. Information from the realms of Illumined Truth revealed that during this decade, humanity will develop our latent abilities through which we will literally transfigure our earthly bodies and our outer world life experiences into the heart-based patterns of perfection associated with the fifth dimensional solar new earth. We were told that this seemingly miraculous transfiguration would be accomplished through a greatly expanded collaboration between the company of heaven and an awakened humanity. Our Father, Mother, God said the degree of collaboration we will experience between heaven and earth during this decade has never before been attempted. Within a matter of weeks, we experienced a forced global timeout. At that time, we were told by the beings of light that regardless of the circumstances that had caused that event, this planetary pause would result in creating the space for humanity's I am presence to be heard and to awaken each of us in ways we had not previously experienced. The beings of light said that with the success of this mass awakening, nothing would ever be the same. All we have to do is review the monumental events that have taken place since January 2020 in order to get a glimpse of what was being revealed to us. These events have been both difficult as well as life transforming. And this is just the beginning. Now it is time for the 1212 Catalyst Codes within humanity's fifth dimensional DNA to be activated to the higher level. The company of heaven has assured us this activation will initiate the next step in the accelerated awakening taking place in the massive humanity. This 1212 activation 
will assist people everywhere to raise their consciousness above the effluvia of our human miscreations and the obsolete crumbling paradigms from the past. This shift of consciousness will allow humanity to far more easily tap into the patterns of perfection in the new contingency plan that is being released into the mental and emotional strata of Mother Earth through the fifth dimensional record keeper crystals now pulsating in Earth's crystal grid system of comprehensive divine love. This contingency plan contains not only the viable solutions for all of the maladies surfacing on Earth, but also exquisite heart-based patterns of perfection for the new Earth that are far beyond anything we have ever imagined. On this sacred and holy day, December 12, 2023, in the full embrace of the eternal moment of now, every person's I am presence is amplifying the activation of our 1212 catalyst codes to the next level. This 1212 activation is being sealed at a cellular level within the core of purity in every atomic and subatomic particle and wave of humanity's earthly bodies. This activation will prepare humanity, the elemental kingdom and Mother Earth to complete the last phase of the intensified assimilation of light we are being blessed with from the solar system of our grand central sun, Sanat and Luce. This assimilation process will be completed during the December 21st solstice. That will be the final step in preparing for the birth of the new year 2024 and the life-transforming events we will co-create through the unified efforts of heaven and earth. Our I am presence is reminding us that we are being blessed with unprecedented opportunities during the 40-day period we are now in the midst of, which began on the November 11th and will be completed on December 21st solstice. Our I am presence will give us every assistance if we simply ask this intuitive inner guidance will happen quite naturally when we go within and take the time to listen. Now, please let these words resonate within the divinity of your heart flame. Still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know 
still. Be. And so it is. God bless you, dear one. I look forward to being with you next week. to this Isis serious transmission, clearing 3D patriarchal sexual abuse and trauma. And as always, breathe open, breathe and open, relax. With your breath, allowing light to flow to you from 360 degrees from the universe around you, light, for the universe is made up of light. Absorb that light into the bones of the body, the organs of the body. On the out breath, releasing any energy you need to release back to the universe. allowing more light to return to you as you release all lower frequency energies. And breathe that light into the organs of the body. All organs of the body, anywhere you're holding, lower frequency energies release back to the universe. more of your own authentic light back to you as you release lower 3D energies from the organs of the body. And I call to you, your highest team of light and resonance in spirit, come be with you. this team of light would include your higher self, angels, archangels, star beings, light beings. Just allowing those forces to gather around you for this transmission. Also calling your I am presence.
and invoking a column of light around you, a protective column of light around you. Extending deep into the earth and up into the heavens. And this I am presence column of light begins to neutralize the heaviness of the 3D matrix. You may feel a slight spin, anti-clockwise spin in this column of light, releasing the heaviness of gravity, of density of this matrix to enable us to move forward in this transmission. And calling the four angels in the horizontal plane. In the east, Raphael, Archangel of Air. The symbol is the caduceus and the energy is emerald green fire. Breathe and welcome that energy in the east. In the south, Michael, Archangel of Fire. Symbol is a silver sword of light and the energy is electric blue fire. Breathe and welcome that energy in the south. In the west, Archangel Gabriel. Angel of water, the symbol, a silver chalice and the energy diamond white fire breathe and invite that fire and in the north Uriel Archangel of Earth the symbol of five-pointed golden star in a circle of light, the energy ruby red fire. Breathe and welcome that fire, that energy from the north. around you, four fires, holding the space, holding the space. Aligning and opening, clearing your field. Just breathe and allow this to happen. Open 
soften and relax. And I call Metatron to bring down that grid of light, the Christ grid from the central sun. Down through the heavens, down. into the room and down through your body. Anchoring that golden white fire into your heart. Allow all chakras from the heart upwards to align with the Christ grid. to Sandalfon and the earth below brings up crystalline white grid from the earth up through the feet up through the legs up into the torso anchoring that energy into the heart Allow all chakras from the heart downwards to align with this crystalline light grid of the earth. Breathe and open. Allow these two grids to Anchor in your heart, holding you to these two grids of light. Allow all centers of light in your body to align with these two grids. And as this is happening, Michael in the South opens a doorway of light, a doorway of light. Step towards this doorway of light. Step through this doorway. And on the other side, enter a stone corridor a long stone corridor. Gently sloping downwards, and as you walk down this corridor, a gentle golden fire emerges from the floor. fire begins to rise up around your legs and waist. And soon it surrounds your whole body. Step through this fire 
It is a cleansing fire. It will not harm you. At the end of the corridor, you step into a circular stone chamber. A circular stone chamber. You stand in the middle of that chamber. And on one side, there's a large statue of Isis sitting on a throne. Stand gazing into the eyes of the statue, and slowly they come alive with a golden fire. And Isis arises from the throne, looking down at you, as she towers above you some eight to ten feet in height. Gaze into those great golden eyes, golden fire in the eyes. And Isis calls to Metatron and Archangels from Sirius to join you both in the chamber. chamber increase, light in the chamber increase, as Metatron and Archangel Subsirius arrive in the chamber surrounding you. Together Isis, Metatron and these Archangels open a stargate in the center of the chamber. Isis takes you by the hand and steps through the Stargate. Followed by Metatron and the Archangels, and you enter into a temple of light on Sirius. A circular temple of light here are many archangels and masters of light. This temple is open so you can see the stars above you. Floor, there's a large infinity sign. You're guided to stand on one side of this infinity sign. 
the other, Isis invokes a great solar disk. As you gaze into this disk, great golden fire emerges, similar to the fire in the eyes of Isis. Eventually the fire settles and into this disc you begin to see images of a significant lifetime where you experience sexual abuse or trauma. This was an important lifetime that helped break your connection to the higher realms. open, accept what you see. Witness this lifetime. Witness the trauma from a distance through the solar disk. You've witnessed the trauma. Isis and the angels winds forward the timeline to the point of death. Point of death of this part of your psyche, your soul. And we ask now the angels and higher self to take this departing soul to a temple of healing. Just see the death process take hold and the soul leave the body, being caught by the higher self and angels of light and being taken to a temple of healing. there are any pre-birth agreements from this lifetime, see these as scrolls or parchments in the disc now. If you see them there, give permission for them to be destroyed in the golden fire of the disc, destroying all pre-birth agreements, agreeing to this descent into the 3D matrix through trauma, including sexual trauma. And 
asking Isis to call back any fragmented light you lost in this lifetime, any light you lost. She calls it back into a crystal in front of the solar disk. Light flowing through the solar disk to the crystal, any light you have lost in this lifetime. see the crystal being held by Isis, absorbing all this light. And when it stops coming, she surrenders this to your higher self and I am presence for healing and returning to your oversoul. If there are any negative imprinted stories, beliefs or messages or energies you've taken on from this experience, release these into the fire of the solar disk. imprinting, fear, pain, guilt, discord, hatred, self-hatred, self-sabotage, self-punishment, shock, trauma, stress, releasing all this from your body. And when you're ready, all images of this lifetime fade. stare into the golden fire then once again the golden fire shimmers and disappears and you look into the disc and there you look into the energy of your bloodline first the mother line the energies from the mother line any energies of abuse or trauma you may see different images it may be energies feelings and asking if there are any agreements you've inherited to carry in this trauma through the bloodline. See these as scrolls, parchments or pages appearing in the solar disk and give permission for them to all to be destroyed.
destroy all bloodline agreements around carrying sexual trauma. Destroy. If there are any imprints or stories or beliefs from the mother line, release these back into the golden fire of the solar disk, releasing any old imprints, any judgments, conditioning, imprinting, inhibitions, fear, revulsion, shock, heartbreak, release, release, back to the fire. releasing the mother line calling the father line and seeing the disc show you now images from the father line energies, impressions, feelings of any energies or imprints or stories you've taken on from the father line of sexual abuse or trauma be scrolls or parchments representing agreements to carry this from the father line if any appear just intend to destroy them all to destroy them all in the golden fire of the solar disk solar fire release all imprints of sexual trauma destroy all contracts you have taken on disc once again shows you images of any connections in this lifetime, any relationships, connections with any being or group in this lifetime where there's sexual energies that need to be cleared between you and them. 
cords connecting you to any being or group. Feel these now and see these images of faces, of beings in the disc. If there are any cords, call upon Michael, the sword of Michael, cut all cords. these removed from your body, thrown to the golden fire of the disc. Seal your body with light. Releasing any agreements around trauma with any being, any karmic agreements, having them destroyed in the golden fire. agreements from people you know in this lifetime, destroy them into the golden fire. from people, negative imprints of stories or beliefs, messages or energies from any being or group you know in this lifetime, release all that energy from your body into the golden fire of the solar disk. And then all these images fade into golden fire. Isis steps forward with a large crystal in her hands and holds this crystal up to your sacral center. This crystal is highly magnetic. It begins to pull out all stories or imprints or energies or programs of trauma or abuse from the sacral center.
breathe and open your sacral center and release any energies in the sacral that shouldn't be there, that do not belong to you, any programming. All layers and levels of the sacral center release into the crystal. This crystal also pulls out any energies from, if you're a woman, the womb and uterus area, if you're a man, the testes area, perhaps prostate area. Pulling out other people's energies from sacral, womb and uterus or sacral testes and prostate releasing other people's energies Isis removes the crystal and surrenders it to the solar disk, releasing it to light, sending this energy back to the universe. light and angels around you transmit to you an energy of ultramarine blue crystal light that goes deep within the layers and levels of your sacral chakra a healing clearing cleansing ultramarine blue crystal light deep within the sacral center. any energy in the sacral that needs to be released up through the throat chakra give permission for this release to happen if there's any energy that needs expression in the days or weeks ahead give permission for this energy to be channeled through the throat
and through writing, speech, journaling, poetry, dance, sculpture, art. Channeling out this old energy, whichever way feels appropriate. If you look into the solar disk once more, the golden fire fades and Isis shows you a lifetime where your energy field was positively orientated. Before your fall into the lower dimensions, where you lived in a 5D reality. This lifetime may be on Earth, Lemuria, or some other dimension. Just open to the energy and imagery of this lifetime in the disc. And feel the energy of this lifetime returning to you, this possibility of 5D energy the 5D sexual expression in a transmission of light through the solar disk to you. soften, relax and allow this light, this energy to be absorbed in every cell of your body. A positively orientated lifetime. 
as you feel this energy, Isis steps forward with an ankh in her hand. Touching your third eye, drawing an infinity sign on the third eye, the unity of masculine and feminine within you, the expression of masculine and feminine energy within you. She draws that infinity symbol on your heart. Again, symbolizing the unity inside of you. And finally on the belly area, sacral area, infinity sign, symbolizing the unity of masculine and feminine energy. Three symbols on your body. These symbols representing masculine and feminine unity, but also of power and vulnerability. Power and vulnerability. And listen now to a message from Isis. message from Isis. Perhaps telling you it's time to re-embrace your authentic light and power. Perhaps telling you that your fall from grace is over. It's time now to embrace the fullness of your sexual power and light. That sexual power is innocent. Listen to her message now. feel a final transmission of light from Isis and 
the angels of Sirius, Metatron, Feel a release of old energies, return of more light, the possibility of a greater awakening of power and light, possibility of rebalancing of your power and vulnerability in the 5D field of light. opens a stargate once more. Isis takes you by the hand and leads you back through the stargate, back to the chamber of stone on the earth plane. chamber of stone Isis gives you a symbol of light representing the integration and acceleration of this transmission take that symbol in your hands as light allow that symbol to dissolve as light in your body and reforming wherever it needs to reform intensifying spiraling connecting awakening energies in your field Send that symbol to the very cells, the very DNA of your body. And Isis returns to her throne. Takes a seat and slowly the light in her eyes fades. And she once again returns to a statue of stone. The doorway in the chamber beckons, step towards the doorway. Walking through the stone corridor back to the original portal of light, opened by Michael. Step through that doorway, coming back to this time and space. And once again, thanking all the angels around you, holding the horizontal and vertical forces holding space. 
And as always, this transmission is offered to you with love and blessings, love and blessings. We are all servants of peace. Oh. May peace prevail on earth, everyone. Wow. It is not a moment. Greetings, Mother. Greetings. Along with your Peshat here, she's talking to Miss Tegan in the light. In the light of the most radiant one in the office of the Christ and only in the office of the Christ we invoke the loving energies of Saint Germain and we ask at this time for a deepening of the wisdom um, along with the lengthening of the days and or I'm sorry, the shortening of the days and the lengthening of the nights. Um, and may the sense of the awesomeness of Christmas be with your heart. And uh, magic is afoot and goddess is alive. Pass this talking stick to you, Mother. Greetings, children of Ra. In this holy season of the return of the Christ, 
energies on the planet. Things are moving quite slowly into crystallization of the higher energies. So much unfolding in a good way. The light has won. And justice will be served. It's a huge story. Like we've been saying, gotta tell all of it. Mm. Gotta tell the whole story, Mother? Yeah. <laughs> Not just what's happening in the Middle East other parts of the planet mm. Sudan oh. yes other places it is about this crazy idea you can continue to suck a mother's blood called oil and not get away with it and not get away with what are you talking about not get away with it they are getting away with it getting away with the fact that the time has come where she is saying no more. Yes, they have gotten away with it. Yet no more. How is this going to happen, Mother? How about that flash? How about that? Any time we can <laughs> say. what we mean by they think that they can continue infinitum with the fossil fuels and it is at a place the changes that are happening. It is about the higher energies. All the energy we ever need comes in the sun and the cosmic rays pouring in. 
there are energies like you read about cosmic rays that can power a planet for infinity. It's been going on in other parts of other galaxies only now coming to the light of day in this realm. So much of the stories have missing pieces. Just like pieces of our memories are coming back. It is quite a challenge to keep up with it all. The light pouring in right now is shifting so many A moment of quietude, Mother. Yes. What can we say except that the frequencies that are pouring in, it is about 5D. All the other stories fall away. The sound of oneness, that's all there is. All the rest of it, hmm, Maya. It's Nice ancient story to close the book on the old timeline. Is it the dawning of the age of Aquarius for real? Yes, it is a big deal because as this, um, we could say is manifesting in all of our lives 
the wisdom that comes from the five elements, earth, air, fire, water, ether. As you meditate, talk to the crystals, talk to the snowflakes you see in the crystal formations of frozen water. What Dr. Emoto spoke about when you talk to the water, it changes. Talk to the body. We are bags of water, to put it bluntly. <laughs> Cosmic water. It is a fact. And it is about these energies that make up this holy vessel of living life, living life. What is flowing through us? Same energies as the sun, plasma. On a certain point here, the solar beings will be showing up as well. Solar angels, all kinds of different beings are part of this story. This is why all the messages are talking about This particular time, we change our consciousness. About who and what we are. The issues that seemingly are difficult on this planet are not issues on other planets. Oh, it gets ironed out as the waves of light pour in from the sun. Sun shines on everyone. It doesn't make choices. Mm -hmm. The same is as for us each one of the souls here on this realm are sons and daughters of the Most High. There are events unfolding 
that are making it so as the other captain would say. It is this prophecy called the Rainbow Nation that's manifesting here at this time. This is the answer to many of the issues that don't have answers at the moment. As all the nations come together with all the colors of the rainbow, no issues about what is what isn't who's got more than the other equality equanimity it's how we enter that realm which is called the 33rd planet for ascension. We have seen many worlds ascend. This is the place and the time. This passion play of misqualified energy is ending now. That is as much as we can say. Yes, louder. Louder, please, Father. Say that again, Sam. Let's have a really good Christmas and keep it going. Yes. Peace all over the world. Indeed. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Holy cow, that situation in Sudan. All of this. There's stuff going on that we don't hear about, you know. And it is this illogical stuff, illogical stuff about not enough, and there is more than enough for everyone on this planet. When is enough enough? Cassidy Hutchinson's book is called Enough. Enough of the shenanigans that hmm, this matrix of hmm, 
best qualified energy to put it in a nice way is ending now. And stay in that oneness. That's how we get through it. We better be on our way. Miles to go. Light years even. I thought we covered quite a few of those light years the lately, Mother. Yes. The best is yet to come. Indeed it is. Thank you, Mother. Thank you. Bring this Christmas spirit to a real peaceful moment that brings up the brings up the quality of life for everyone. Yes. Greetings in, in the light of the most radiant one. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Adonai Sabayot. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Adonai Sabayot. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Adonai Sabayot. Iliahu, Iliahu, Iliahu. Yod, hey, Lord, hey. Yavah. Adonai, Vasu, Baragas. Namaste. Namaste, Mother. And there's a little snoring going on here. Nothing abnormal. Love is always the answer. Mm. Hi, Rob. Hello. Where did you go? Mm. It seems I was at the Antares Arcturus Midway Station. I just recall um, being in some kind of cylinder with water, and the water was pink, and um, there was algae in the water as well, and it was making sounds pink water pink and green oh Christmas colors (laughs) algae was talking to me and I was just listening and kind of floating in this pink water in a cylinder Uh, and it was too 
I just raise my vibrations. That's what I recall. But I, lighten the energy, lighten up, huh? Yeah. Mama, Rama, 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 Rama. <laughs> oh my God, the stories. Well, we're going to have to listen to Amy here. Yeah, That's reality of sorts. Send good vibrations. Mm. The time is now for peace. Yeah, so we are saying is give peace a chance. Where did you say you went? You were floating in a cylinder. It's the Antares Arcturus Midway oh, Station. Oh, that's right. I don't know where Metatron was. I didn't experience him. I was just somehow the energies in of themselves were assisting me, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm. Blaze the violet fire. From New York, this is Democracy Now! The armies everywhere, in many houses, they burnt cars and destroyed them. They burnt houses. The armies present in every empty house. I left my home and they were still there. I was hardly able to pick clothes for my daughter. As the death toll in Gaza nears 19,000, the Israeli military is also carrying out deadly raids inside the occupied West Bank. We'll go to Janine to speak to the artistic director of the Freedom Theater, who was jailed this week after Israel rounded up hundreds of Palestinian men. Two of his colleagues remain in detention. He'll speak to us from the theater, which was trashed by Israeli forces. We'll also speak to Peter Schumann, the 89-year-old co-founder of Bread and Puppet Theater, about how his legendary truth is addressing Israel's assault on Gaza. What could be worse, a worse violation of our human rights than bombing hospitals and then send the murderers to investigate the crime? But first, we speak to the acclaimed writer Masha Gessen, who is scheduled to receive the prestigious Hannah Arendt Prize in Germany today. But the ceremony was postponed after a major German foundation withdrew its support for the award after Gessen compared life in Gaza to the Warsaw Ghetto. We'll also speak to Masha Gessen about being placed on Russia's most wanted list for comments they made about the war in Ukraine. All that and more coming up. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. 
in the Gaza Strip, at least 33 people were killed when Israel's military struck a UN school in Khan Yunus, being used as a shelter of last resort for Palestinians expelled from their homes. Israeli raids also killed and wounded Palestinians at hospitals in Darabala, Khan Yunus, and in Gaza's southernmost city of Rafah, where more than a million displaced Palestinians are sheltering. Abu Mohammed Kalab was one of those gathered at the morgue in Rafah's Abu Yusuf al-Najjar Hospital Thursday. They come to collect the bodies of loved ones killed by Israeli strikes. They are looking at the images, but no one is saying anything. The dead are all children, women, and old people. They are not from the resistance. They are all civilians. You know the numbers of civilians, so why are you still silent? How long will you stay silent? Enough. Enough with this life. The death toll from Israel's assaults on Gaza and the West Bank since October is nearing 19,000. More than a third of those killed are children. An estimated 50,000 Palestinians have been injured. On Thursday, Israel once again cut phone and internet service across most of Gaza, further hampering relief efforts. The World Food Program reports half of Gaza's population of 2.3 million people is starving, while 9 out of 10 people are not eating enough and don't know where their next meal will come from. On Thursday, Philippe Lazzarini, the head of the UN's Agency for Palestinian Refugees, said it's become almost impossible to distribute the small amount of aid Israel's allowing into Gaza. People are stopping at aid trucks, taking the food and eating it right away. And this is how desperate and hungry they are. And I witness this firsthand. In the occupied West Bank, Israeli forces killed an unarmed 17-year-old boy inside the Khalil Suleiman Hospital. Medicine Sans Frontieres, or Doctors Without Borders, also witnessed Israeli soldiers blocking medical workers and ambulances carrying discharged patients home. Drivers were forced to get out of their vehicles, strip down, kneel in the streets. MSF says it's part of a pattern targeting healthcare workers in the West Bank since October 7th, which also has included shooting live fire and tear gas at hospitals, blocking emergency vehicles, and humiliating and harassing medical staff. Outside the hospital compound, Israeli soldiers desecrated a mosque in Janine and read out Jewish prayers in the style of an Islamic call to prayer. This came as part of a three-day Israeli raid on the Janine refugee camp, the largest in 20 years, which killed at least 12 Palestinians. Israeli forces arrested over 100 others. President Joe Biden said Thursday Israel's military should be, quote, more careful to save Palestinian civilian lives. His comments came as U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his war cabinet in Tel Aviv. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant told Sullivan Israel's campaign in Gaza will continue well into 2024. Uh, it will take and require a long period of time. It will last more than several months, but we will win and we will destroy them. According to the White House, Sullivan told Israeli leaders the U.S. expects Israel's military to soon switch to, quote, lower intensity operations. The White House did not give a timeline for the change, but the New York Times cites four unnamed U.S. officials who said Biden wants to grant Israel three weeks to switch to, quote, more precise tactics. 
Meanwhile, Al Jazeera has obtained an advanced copy of the United Nations report detailing the devastating impact of Israel's assault on Gaza. In it, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres condemns Israeli airstrikes on protected persons, including journalists, health workers, and UN personnel, pleading with the Security Council to approve a humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. Guterres writes, quote, the magnitude of Israel's military campaign against Hamas and the scope of death and destruction in Gaza has been unprecedented and unbearable to witness, unquote. Jewish-led protests Thursday shut down bridges and highways across eight U.S. cities demanding a ceasefire in Gaza. The peaceful actions in Seattle, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Portland, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Minneapolis, and Atlanta came on the eighth and final day of Hanukkah. In Portland, protesters blocked the Burnside Bridge as they held a homemade nine-foot menorah and sang Hanukkah songs and prayers. As Jews, we come from long legacies of resistance and resilience. Rededication is a theme of Hanukkah. So on this last night, we rededicate our lineage of resilience towards the struggle against genocide, against apartheid, against occupation. That protest in Oregon. On Capitol Hill, labor leaders joined progressive Congress members at a rally Thursday demanding President Biden support an immediate ceasefire and allow urgent humanitarian aid, food and water into Gaza. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain spoke alongside Congress members Cori Bush and Rashida Tlaib. The world's seen enough slaughter and devastation. Peace is the only path forward. While we call for a ceasefire, we also condemn anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, anti-Arab racism, all of which are growing in our nation at this moment and must be stopped. Leaders of the Postal Workers Union and the United Electrical Radio and Machine Workers of America are also calling for a ceasefire. Meanwhile, Biden administration staffers and other U.S. government employees are continuing to demand a permanent ceasefire. Dozens gathered for a vigil outside the White House Wednesday. Staffers concealed their identities with sunglasses and face masks as they read the names of some of the thousands of Palestinians killed in Gaza. The House of Representatives voted 310 to 118 to pass a record $886 billion military bill Thursday, one day after it won Senate approval. Its passage came despite concerns over its extension of Section 702 of FISA, that's the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which allows for warrantless surveillance of U.S. citizens. The Congressional Progressive Caucus encouraged its members to oppose the measure, though in the end, just 45 Democrats voted against the largest ever National Defense Authorization Act. The ACLU said, quote, it's incredibly disheartening that Congress decided to extend and easily abuse law with zero of the reforms needed to protect all of our privacy, they said. The bill also includes more military funding for Ukraine, a 5.2% raise for troops, and a measure preventing the president from withdrawing from NATO without congressional approval. 
The UN's World Food Program reports nearly 50 million people across Western and Central Africa are expected to go hungry next year, warning international funding for humanitarian aid is failing to keep pace with record levels of acute hunger. An analysis published by the WFP this week found more than two-thirds of households in the region cannot afford healthy diets due to a combination of conflict, climate change, and soaring food prices. Alo Sib is the World Food Program's head of research for Western and Central Africa. Nearly 80% of the people currently facing food insecurity are located in conflict zones. We also witnessed the impacts of climate change. For instance, this year, there have been prolonged periods of halted rainfall in certain areas, resulting in significant crop losses for local farmers. The UN is warning hunger in Sudan's conflict zones is headed toward famine-like conditions, as some Khartoum residents have been surviving on a single small daily meal. Some 30 million people, roughly two-thirds of the population, are in need of assistance in Sudan, according to the UN. That's double the number before fighting broke out in April between the Sudanese army and the rapid support forces. The violence and economic woes have devastated Sudan's agricultural sector, which has also been hit by low average rains. Meanwhile, residents of the city of Andaman, which lies on the west bank of the Nile River, accuse Sudanese soldiers of looting and shooting civilians in the Ambata district, the only area of the city still controlled by government forces. The RSF has also been accused of looting in areas under its control. A court in Senegal has ordered jailed opposition leader Usman Sanko to be reinstated on the electoral roll, paving the way for him to stand in next year's presidential election. Sanko, who's expected to be a key challenger of President Macky Sall, was sentenced in June to a two-year prison term over an alleged sexual assault charges he's accused the government of manufacturing to derail his candidacy. In late July, Senegalese officials dissolved Sanko's Patriots of Senegal party, the first time a political party has been banned in the West African nation since its independence from France in 1960. The European Union's agreed to open membership talks with Ukraine and Moldova. Leaders of 26 EU member states unanimously approved the accession talks Thursday after Hungary's far-right Prime Minister Viktor Orban left the room just before votes were cast. Orban, who is widely viewed as an ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin, had threatened to veto Ukraine's bid to join the EU. He appeared to back down after European leaders released more than $10 billion worth of aid to Hungary it had withheld after determining Orban's nationalist government was failing to uphold the rule of law. Meanwhile, Hungary's government blocked a European Union financial aid package for Ukraine worth $55 billion. Talks on that package will resume next year. And Brazilian lawmakers have approved a law making it harder for indigenous communities to make claims over ancestral territory. The law, which overrides a veto by President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, says such claims are not valid unless indigenous groups physically occupied the land when the 1988 Brazilian constitution was signed. Many indigenous communities were expelled from their lands over the course of decades, including during the military dictatorship. The measure comes in the wake of a September Supreme Court ruling, which rejected the 1988 timeline for indigenous territorial claims. The new law, backed by powerful agribusiness interests, threatens to open vast portions of indigenous territory to logging, mining, farming, and ranching. Congressmember Celia Chacabria was among the minority lawmakers who voted against the legislation. 
The defeat is not only for us, the indigenous people. The defeat is for the climate agenda. We, the indigenous people, have been the number one solution to stop the climate crisis. And today, the Congress responded throwing the solution away. Celia Chakriaba was sitting next to Sonia Guajajara, the first indigenous minister of Brazil. We'll be bringing you an exclusive interview with her next week. Brazil's Supreme Court is expected to now review whether the new law is constitutional. And those are some of the headlines. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. Coming up, the acclaimed writer Masha Gessen who was scheduled to receive the prestigious Hannah Arendt Prize in Germany today. But the ceremony was postponed after a major German foundation withdrew its support for the award after Gessen compared life in Gaza to the Warsaw Ghetto. Stay with us. Street Poetry by Dom. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. We begin today's show with the acclaimed Russian-American writer Masha Gessen, scheduled to receive the prestigious Hannah Arendt Prize in Germany today. But the ceremony had to be postponed after one of the award sponsors, the left-leaning Heinrich Boll Foundation, withdrew its support for the prize after Masha Gessen compared Gaza to the Warsaw Ghetto in a recent article for The New Yorker titled In the Shadow of the Holocaust, How the Politics of Memory in Europe Obscures What We See in Israel and Gaza Today. The German city of Bremen also withdrew the venue where today's prize ceremony was scheduled to take place. In the essay, Masha Gessen wrote, quote, For the last 17 years, Gaza has been a hyper-densely populated, impoverished, walled-in compound where only a small fraction of the population had the right to leave for even a short amount of time. In other words, a ghetto. Not like the Jewish ghetto in Venice or an inner city ghetto in America, but like a Jewish ghetto in an Eastern European country occupied by Nazi Germany. Masha Gessen went on to write about why the term ghetto is not commonly used to describe Gaza. They wrote, quote, presumably the more fitting term ghetto would have drawn fire for comparing the predicament of besieged Gazans to that of ghettoized Jews. It also would have given us the language to describe what's happening in Gaza now. The ghetto is being liquidated. Masha Gessen's essay sparked some outrage in Germany and its announcement withdrawing support for Gessen's prize. The Heinrich Boll Foundation, which is tied to the German Green Party, criticizes Gessen's essay, saying it, quote, 
implies that Israel aims to liquidate Gaza like a Nazi getup, unquote. While the foundation pulled out of the Hannah Arendt Prize ceremony, a smaller ceremony will take place Saturday at a different venue. For Gessen, the controversy in Germany comes just days after being added to Russia's most wanted list for comments they made about the war in Iraq, in, in Ukraine. Masha Gessen joins us now from Bremen, Germany. Masha Gessen is staff writer at The New Yorker, author of numerous books, including most recently, Surviving Autocracy. Welcome back to Democracy Now!, Masha, if you can start off by talking about this controversy, talking about what you wrote in The New Yorker magazine and the fact that, well, the ceremony hasn't been completely canceled, but just explain what's happened. Hi, Amy, it's good to be here. Um, I don't know that I can fully explain what happened because I don't think I quite understand what happened um, because the Heinrich Bill Foundation first withdrew from the prize ceremony, um, causing the city of Bremen to withdraw from the prize ceremony, causing the prize organizers to tell me that, first of all, they stand by me uh, and by their decision to give me the prize, but also to, uh, oh, and then the university where the discussion the day after the prize was supposed to be held also withdrew. Uh, and this is interesting because the university said that they believed that having the discussion would violate a law. Now, by the law, I think what they actually meant was the non-binding resolution uh, that bans uh, uh, anything connected with the boycott, divestment, sanctions movement, uh, which is non-binding but has a huge influence in Germany. Um, and that was largely the topic of my, of my article. So then the prize organizers... Uh, decided to have a smaller ceremony at a different location, which I'm not going to mention, not because I'm afraid of Germans, but because I'm concerned about Russians. Uh, and um, and then the Heinrich Bell Foundation, after quite an uproar in, in German social media and, uh, and conventional media, issued a new statement saying that they stand by the prize, but the venue had canceled, so they couldn't hold this award ceremony. So it was postponed. Uh, which I don't think was entirely um, forthcoming on the part of the Hanging Bill Foundation, and their first statement was on record. But that's where we stand now. So let's talk about the heart of what the Heinrich Bull Foundation has found so controversial. Talk about this piece that you wrote for The New Yorker magazine, the comparison you've made to Gaza and the Warsaw Ghetto. So the piece is fairly wide-ranging. It's, it's a piece in which I traveled through Germany, Poland, and Ukraine and talk about the politics of memory in each country. But a large part of the piece uh, and, and how we view the current war in Israel-Palestine through the prism or fail to view the war through the prism of the Holocaust. Um, a large part of the article is devoted to, in fact, memory politics in Germany and the vast anti-anti-Semitism machine, which largely targets people who are critical of Israel and, in fact, are often Jewish. This happens to be a description that fits me as well. I am Jewish. I come from a family that includes Holocaust survivors. I grew up in the Soviet Union very much in the shadow of the Holocaust. Um, that's where the phrase 
and the headline came from is, is, is from the passage in, 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 in the article itself. Uh, and I am critical of, of Israel. Now, the part that really offended the Henry Grill Foundation uh, and the city of Bremen, and I would imagine some German public, is the part that you read out loud, which is where I make the comparison between the, the besieged Gaza, so Gaza before October 7th, and a Jewish ghetto in Nazi-occupied Europe. Um, I made that comparison intentionally. It was not a, um, what they call it here, a provocation. Uh, it was very much the point of the piece, because um, I think that the way that memory politics function now in Europe and in the United States, but particularly in Germany, is that the cornerstone is that you can't compare the Holocaust to anything. It is a singular event that stands outside of history. My argument is that in order to learn from history, we have to compare. Like that actually has to be a constant exercise. We are not better people or smarter people or more educated people than the people who lived 90 years ago. The only thing that makes us different from those people is that in their imagination, the Holocaust didn't yet exist. And in ours, it does. We know that it's possible. And the way to prevent it is to be vigilant in the way that Hannah Arendt, in fact, and other Jewish thinkers who survived the Holocaust were vigilant and were, uh, there was an entire conversation, especially in the first two decades after World War II, in which they really talked about how to recognize the signs of sliding into the darkness. Um, and I think that we need to, oh, and one other thing that I, that I want to say is that our entire framework of international humanitarian law is essentially based, uh, it, it all comes out of the Holocaust, uh, as does the concept of genocide. And I argue that the, the, that framework is based on the assumption that you're always looking at war, at conflict, at violence through the prism of the Holocaust. You always have to be asking the question of whether crimes against humanity, the definitions of which came out of the Holocaust, are occurring. And Israel has waged an incredibly successful campaign at setting its, uh, not only setting the Holocaust outside of history, but setting itself aside from the optics of international humanitarian law. Uh, in part by weaponizing the politics, uh, the politics of memory, the politics of the Holocaust. So talk more about that, that learning about the Holocaust through the idea that it is separate and apart and can be compared to nothing else versus how we ensure never again anywhere for anyone. I don't know that we can ensure it never again anywhere for anyone, but I think the only way to try to ensure it uh, is to keep knowing that the Holocaust is possible. Uh, keep knowing that it is it it, it it can come out of what Aaron called shallowness. Uh, I mean, this was very much her point in, uh, in in Eichmann in Jerusalem, a report in the banality of evil. And by the way, uh, this was a book that got Arendt really ostracized by um, both the Israeli political mainstream and much of the North American Jewish political mainstream. 
four things that she wrote about the Judenrat, but also for this very framing of the banality of evil. Uh, it was misinterpreted as, as trivializing the Holocaust. But what she was saying is that the most horrible things of which humanity has proven capable can grow out of something that seems like nothing, can grow out of thoughtlessness, can grow out of the failure to see the fate of the other uh, or just or the inability to see it. Um, and I interpret that as a as a call to constant vigilance for failure to see the fate of the other, for um, for doubting the uh, the kind of overwhelming consensus that certainly in Israel and in the North American Jewish community appears to back the the, the Israeli onslaught on Gaza. This is the way in which we stumble into our darkest moments. For people uh, who don't know who Hannah Arendt is, uh, the Jewish philosopher, political theorist, the or the author of the origins of totalitarianism and the human condition, the banality of evil as well, covered the Eichmann trial for the New Yorker magazine, the magazine that Masha Gessen writes for. Masha, last week, an Israeli airstrike in Gaza City killed the acclaimed Palestinian academic, the activist, the poet, Refat al along with his brother, his sister, and his four nieces. For more than 16 years, al worked as a professor of English literature at the Islamic University of Gaza, where he taught Shakespeare and other subjects, the father of six, a mentor to so many young Palestinian writers and journalists. He co-founded the organization We're Not Numbers. In October, Democracy Now! spoke to Rafat Alarir, who also compared Gaza to the Warsaw Ghetto. If you have seen the pictures from Gaza, we speak about complete devastation and destruction to universities, to schools, to mosques, to businesses, to clinics, to roads, infrastructure, to water lines. Uh, if I googled this morning uh, Warsaw Ghetto pictures, and I got pictures I couldn't differentiate. Somebody tweeted four pictures and asked to to tell which one is from Gaza and which one is from the Warsaw Ghetto. They are remarkably the same because the perpetrator is almost using the same strategies against a minority against uh, the oppressed uh, the people, the battered uh, people, the besieged uh, people, whether it was in uh, Warsaw Ghetto, the Jews in Warsaw Ghetto in the past, or Palestinian Muslims and Christians in uh, in the Gaza in the Gaza Strip. So uh, the the similarity is uncanny. That was the Palestinian poet, writer, and professor Rafat Aladir, who was killed in Gaza by an Israeli airstrike that killed his brother, sister, and four of her daughters. This is Scottish actor Brian Cox, famous for Succession, just nominated for uh, a number of Emmys, um, reading Rafat Aladir's poem, If I Must Die, in a video that's gone viral. If I must die, you must live to tell my story, to sell my things, to buy a piece of cloth and some strings. Make it white with a long tail, so that a child somewhere in Gaza, while looking heaven in the eye, awaiting his dad who left in a blaze and bid no one farewell, not even to his flesh, not even to himself, sees the kite 
my kite you made flying up above and thinks for a moment an angel is there bringing back love. If I must die, let it bring hope. Let it be a tale. Scottish actor Brian Cox reciting Rafat Alarir's poem, If I Must Die, in a video produced by the Palestine Festival of Literature, PALFEST. Uh, Masha Gessen, if you can comment on both what Rafat and you are saying about the Warsaw Ghetto and the significance of him dying in this strike, like so many other Palestinians, I think the number as we speak, we're at something like 19,000 Palestinians dead, more than 7,000 children, more than 5,000 women, Masha. I, I wasn't aware that he had made this comparison, um, but I'm not particularly surprised because the comparison lies on the surface. And so the question I had to ask when writing this, it was why uh, why hadn't this comparison been made before? The trope that's that's been used for at least a dozen years in sort of human rights circles is open air prison. An open air prison is not a good descriptor for what was in what was Gaza before October seventh. There are no prison cells. There are no prison guards. There's no regimented schedule, uh, daily schedule. What there was was isolation. What there was was a wall. What there was was um, uh, the inability of people to to leave, except, except with the exception of very, very few. What there was was a local force enabled in part by the people who built the wall. And I'm talking about Hamas now as the local force that maintained order uh, and in this way serviced in part the needs of the people who built the, the, uh, the wall. That was that was the bargain that Israel had struck by pulling out of Gaza, was that Hamas would maintain order there. And um, and obviously there are huge differences. I'm not claiming by any means that this is a one-to-one comparison, or that even there is such a thing as a one-to-one comparison. That's not a thing. Um, but I'm, what I'm arguing is that this different the similarities are so substantial they can actually inform our understanding of what's happening now. And what's happening now, and this is probably the line in the piece that made a lot of people throw their laptops across the room, uh, what's happening now is that the ghetto is being liquidated. And I think that's an important thing to say, not just because it's important to call things, to describe things in the best possible way that we can, um, but because, again, in the name of never again, we have to ask if this is like a ghetto and if what we're witnessing now in this indiscriminate killing in this in, in, in an onslaught that has displaced almost all the people of Gaza and it has made them homeless. If that is substantially similar to what we saw in some places during the Holocaust, then what is the world going to do about it? What is the world going to do in the name of never again? Masha Gessen, the cancellations of speeches, of festivals um, that are seen as pro-Palestinian are on the rise. Um, 
You have taught at Bard for years. You know the kind of pressure that professors and students are being brought under all over uh, the United States. You're in Germany right now. I'm wondering if you can comment on this. Some are calling it a new McCarthyism. And yet, interestingly, like you, so many of the protesters are Jews, are Jewish students, Jewish professors. But when your this ceremony was first canceled and postponed, what kind of response did you get from the press? Was it an avalanche of interest? And especially in Germany now, where people like Greta Thunberg, right, the young climate activist, spoke up for Gaza and got pilloried in the German press. Well, funny you should ask, because I was uh, making my way to Bremen uh, after having woken up to an email telling me that, uh, that this was all going on. And I started seeing media reports that were wildly inaccurate. They said, for example, that that the price had been rescinded, which it never was. The jury uh, was very firm, and I uh, and I can't say enough to express my appreciation for them. I can, uh, I think they've shielded me from uh, how much pressure they've come under uh, as a result of this controversy. But I felt so sort of well hosted and, and supported by them. But but yeah, the media were uh, reporting all sorts of things and also making up biographical uh, facts about me. And in all that time, not a single German reporter contacted me, and only one U.S. reporter contacted me, uh, a reporter from the Washington Post. So I tweeted about it. And it was like I reminded journalists that that's what we do, is we call people and find out what actually happened. So I have been talking to the media now nonstop for the last uh, 28 hours. Uh, I almost wish I hadn't tweeted it, but I also think it's very important to try to um, to try to have this conversation in a meaningful way. So I've been concentrating mostly on German media. Uh, every single German media outlet I've ever heard of has reached out to me. So I don't think it's that they they didn't want to give me a voice. It's that um, the habit of aggregating the news has just become so ingrained that people forget that um, that the substance of our profession is to actually call people and ask them. Go to where the silence is. Uh, Masha Gessen, I also want to ask you about another issue. Russian police recently placed you on a wanted list after opening a criminal case against you on charges of spreading false information about the Russian army. The Kremlin's accusing you of spreading uh, false information over your remarks about the massacre of Ukrainian civilians by Russian forces in the city of Bucha in March of last year. Can you comment? Um, well, it's been quite a week. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 I kind of feel like I want to stop making news. But um, but you know what? I, it's not crazy to me that uh, I'm both placed by on the Russian wanted list and uh, running into trouble with German authorities because. I think that there's there's a kind of politics, and that's and this is what you referred to in uh, in the first part of your earlier question, which is you know the thing that some people are referring to as the new McCarthyism. This is to me the most worrying part of uh, of domestic Western politics, uh, both here and in the United States, that the right wing is riding the horse of anti anti Semitism. In Germany, the IFD, which is the far-right uh, anti-immigrant party, uh, 
has been using uh, anti-Semitism as a cudgel to um, uh, both as a ticket into the political mainstream and as a cudgel against uh, a lot of uh, uh, anti-Israeli policy voices, many of which belong to Jews. And um, and I think that the uh, what we what we have observed with the university presidents being called into Congress in uh, in the United States is has has definite similarities. It is also uh, Elise Stepanek's ticket into the uh, into the political limelight and political mainstream. But it also and this is the really important part. It is also based on a profoundly anti-Semitic world view. Um, Elise Stefanik is using uh, these university presidents to to attack liberal institutions, to attack Ivy League universities. And I think in her imagination, and I think we know enough to know that this is how her her imagination is working, she is trying to get uh, donors to withdraw funding to undermine these institutions. And of course, in her imagination, the Jews control all the money. So the donors are Jews. This is the most sort of basic anti-Semitic trope. And um, and the fact that uh, the, the right is able to hijack the issue of anti-Semitism so effectively is truly dangerous because you know what? Anti-Semitism is real. Anti-Semitism, uh, when, when uh, right-wing politicians or stupid politicians Mix actual anti-Semitism with fake anti-Semitism, with what in Germany they called Israel-related anti-Semitism, which is basically criticism of Israel. Um, what we end up with is a muddled picture in which Jews are being used, an anti-Semitic worldview is being reaffirmed, and ultimately actual real anti-Semitism becomes a bigger danger. And I wanted to end with another victim of the Holocaust, the LGBTQ community. Russia's Supreme Court recently banned LGBTQ plus activism in a landmark decision Amnesty International blasted as shameful and absurd. The ruling, which asserts the international LGBTQ movement is extremist, threatens to further endanger already persecuted communities. Masha, isn't that part of the reason you left the Soviet Union, you left Russia to begin with. We just have a minute, but if you could comment. Yes, I left. I'm, uh, next week is 10 years since I was forced to leave Russia because uh, of the anti-gay campaign that was already underway in, um, in Russia, and the Kremlin was threatening to go after my family. Well, Masha Gessen, we thank you so much for joining us, staff writer at the New Yorker magazine, a distinguished writer in residence at Bard, award-winning Russian-American journalist, author of numerous books, including most recently, Surviving Autocracy. Masha's most recent piece for the New Yorkers headlined in the shadow of the Holocaust, how the politics of memory in Europe obscures what we see in Israel and Gaza today. We'll link to it at democracynow.org. Masha Gessen has been speaking to us from Bremen, Germany, where they will be receiving um, the Hannah Arendt Award, albeit at a different venue, not sponsored by as many organizations that originally were sponsoring that award. When we come back, we go to Janine, to the Occupied West Bank, to speak with the artistic director at the Freedom Theater, jailed this week after Israel rounded up hundreds of Palestinian men and trashed the theater. 
and we'll speak to Peter Schumann, the 89-year-old co-founder of Bread and Puppet Theater, about his legendary troupe addressing Israel's assault on Gaza, the performances this weekend here in New York. Back in 20 seconds. Life flows on in endless song Above earth's lamentation I hear the real though far off him that hails a new creation through all the tumult and the strife I hear that music ringing it sounds an echo in my How can I keep from singing by Pete Seeger This is Democracy Now democracynow.org the War and Peace Report I'm Amy Goodman we turn now to the occupied West Bank where Israel's killed at least 12 Palestinians during a 3-day raid on the Jenin refugee camp the largest raid there in 20 years On Wednesday Israeli soldiers raided the Freedom Theater in Jenin a renowned cultural institution whose mission is to fight for Palestinian justice equality and self-determination the theater's been repeatedly targeted by Israeli forces since its founding in 2006. In 2011, one of the theater's founders, Giuliano Mercamis, was assassinated. In July, the theater was struck in an Israeli drone strike. We're joined now by Ahmed Tabassi, the theater's artistic director, who was detained and beaten this week. Two of his colleagues remain detained, including the theater's general manager, Mustafa Shetha. Ahmed, thank you so much for being with us. Describe where you are sitting right now and then what happened to you this week. We're seeing a raid um, that is one of the largest that Israel, I mean, frequently raids Janine. One of the times it raided Janine, um, it killed the Al Jazeera um, reporter. Um, but Ahmed, if you can talk about what's happened now. Uh, it just, uh, uh, there is no words actually. I, I could not find words to describe the pain, uh, uh, the sword that we have uh, uh, as a Palestinian and especially the people in Jenin and Jenin camp. I'm sitting in the middle of my office uh, and Mustafa's office. And for me, it's just like um, uh, everything is destroyed. Uh, 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 and you see all this mess. And I don't know why, it's because. This is theater, it's not a military base, it's not a terrorist house, it's not a, a, an armed place, or there is no guns, there is books, pictures, cameras, a, a music a, an instruments, all of it being destroyed, the whole theater being a, like all computers, all offices being destroyed, and they've been rotting and writing and drawing Hebrew things all around. Uh, and, you know, it just uh, yesterday, before yesterday, I was actually in my house, which is in front of the Freedom Theater. And uh, I know I was waiting. They're going to come to check us in the house because they're going house to house. They're arresting everyone from like 13 to uh, uh, 60, 50 years old. Uh, and they, I was hearing them. They're coming to my house because they're going house by house. And then they just uh, broke the door of my house and just uh, went out to them and told them, please, uh, 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 there is children here. We are a whole family here and we can do whatever you want. There is no need for violence. There is no need to do anything. But uh, uh, quickly, they uh, put the guns on me. They took me, put me down and they start to beat me. 
and I don't know why I was telling them like I have a Norwegian passport, I'm a Norwegian citizenship, but they didn't care. They stormed in, uh, they broke all the house, they broke everything, any electronic stuff, uh, any glass, uh, and they took my brother too. The children were screaming, crying, and even they were uh, screaming on them. And because I, 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 I understand a little Hebrew, they were swearing at the children, they were uh, screaming at my mom and dad, which was old people. And then they start to beat me, and then they handcuffed me, and they took me, and they put some even like army clothes in me, and they start to take pictures of me, taking poses, soldier by soldier, to show their uh, uh, girlfriends they are heroes. But while I was under arrest, under the guns, and they were taking these pictures for me. Uh, and then they put me in a truck, they took me to a general checkpoint, and they throw me uh, in the mud, it was raining, uh, they threw me beside the street where all the jeeps, the, the vehicles army go, go around me and we, I don't understand what is going on. Are they going to drive on me? Are they going to kill me? What, I, don't, I don't know what is going on because I was blindfolded. And then they put me in another truck and they took me to another place where they throw us again outside, start to do like an immediate interrogation about my identity. Uh, and they like you know intelligence, but it's outside intelligence in terrain. They 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 they, they, they didn't let me even take my shoes or uh, a clothes to cover myself. It's December, it's very cold with the rain, and it was uh, a torture in somehow uh, psychologically torture, mentally torture. That all 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 the time the soldiers go around you, the guns, their guns touching you, and you just waiting the moment when they're gonna shoot you, are they gonna drive on you, are they gonna smash you? And, you know, they take you from place to place, place to place, makes you walk that you don't know without shoes with the mud. So it was a, a whole crazy, uh, uh, I, could, I, cannot, I cannot describe this is happening. For me, it takes me directly to 2002 when I was 17 years old. It's exactly the same thing happening. The Israelis have the machine time to bring you back 20 years just with one button, with one invasion. And for me, I am wondering how long this is going to happen again and again in the same way. And still the whole world looking and they cannot do anything. For us, we as a Palestinian, we are too bored of this, of this life. We are too bored of this legacy of the world that they're promising humanity, promising uh, 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 democracy, this is, this is, I cannot go on again. The, the, I mean, we as the Palestinians, now we arrive to the point that we cannot wait for another promise. We have to do something even as the Palestinians. But even though we still, in the Freedom Theater, is a cultural, artistic place where, where, where we have children, uh, young people, uh, uh, girls, boys, women, to come here to practice, to, to find a place where they can express themselves, where they can imagine there is, there is a better life, a better place in this world, where they can decide uh, uh, their future in different ways, to choose to be different uh, from the reality that we're living in. Still, the Israelis come and they're telling us, no, you cannot dream, you cannot uh, uh, think that you can be something different from the reality around you. You are under occupation, and that's your destiny as a Palestinian to grow up, to be born, to grow up and die under brutal, crazy, violent occupation that they don't believe in anything, not in art, 
they arrest us as, as artists, as the people who do theater. They arrest, uh, uh, they destroy everything that shows there is a, a culture, there is art that we Palestinians, as a, a, we are a normal people. The Israeli soldiers believe we are not a human being, being. that's why they're killing us in very easy way. That's why they destroy, destroy theaters and cultural places because also they believe no one in this world can ask them to stop. No one ask, no one can tell them you can't do this. They believe as an Israelis, they can do whatever they want and no one in this world can tell them what you are doing. So I'm asking all the artists in this world and you know, as Giuliano Merhamis and Zakaria Zubedi, the main founders of the Freedom Theater, was believing the third intifada, which we're doing now, it's going to be a cultural, artistic intifada. We're asking also all the friends all around the world, you have to unit and we have to fight not just for Palestinians. We have to fight for this planet, for the humanity, for each com community and each country still under colonization yes. or under incubation. This planet is very important that we can, we're going to live together in this planet without all this hate, without all this violence, that the only country creating this and make all this world unstable, it's Israel. I wanted to play the words of Giuliano Merhamis, again, the co-founder of the Janine Freedom Theater. Um, he was killed in 2011 in Janine, shot by mass assailants. Uh, we talked to him when he was in the United States. He talked about the theater's mission that you are sitting in right now, the theater that is once again ransacked. This is Giuliano. My name is Giuliano and I am the director of the Freedom Theatre in Geneva Refugee Camp. The Freedom Theatre is a venue to join the Palestinian people in their struggle for liberation. We believe that uh, the third intifada, the coming intifada, should be cultural, with poetry, music, theater, cameras, and magazines. This place never had a theater. This place never was exposed to these arts. So actually, we are building everything from scratch. We are building capacity building of actors. We are building capacity people of audience. You know, sometimes it's easier to create actors than audience. We are dealing with the young generation to expose them to this art. The location of the Freedom Theater, and don't let this view to deceive you. We are sitting in the midst of the most attacked and poor refugee camp in Palestine, the refugee camp of Jenin. We are talking about almost 3,000 children under the age of 15 suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. It means they pee in their pants when they are 11. It means they cannot concentrate. They cannot uh, deal with each other with, uh, without violence. That was a promotional video uh, that Giuliano Merhamis did for the Janine Freedom Theater, talking about the theater's mission. Um, and we're right now in the Janine uh, theater in the Freedom Theater um, uh, with uh, the um, <clears throat> one of the people who Ahmed Tabassi, who is now the artistic director, um, Giuliano was killed, assassinated in 2011. So Ahmed Tabassi, you were held for 24 hours. The managing general manager of the theater, Mustafa Sheta, 
uh, is still being held. Do you know what's happening to him? And the other scores of men who have been taken at this point, Israel saying they are Hamas. Uh, you know, uh, for, in a way that uh, the Freedom Theater, as you said and as you mentioned, being attacked all the time that Jenin camp being attacked. It's like we are part of this place and the Israelis have no differences uh, to look at the uh, uh, organization like Freedom Theater as an artistic cultural organization, which should be saved as an international organization. Yes, at the same time, Mustafa Shita also was taken. At the same time, I was taken. Uh, and I think he to- he been uh, uh, taken to other place, which is clearly that they're gonna help him. Uh, uh, we still do not have any information about it, about him. Uh, soon after this program, I will go to his family to see uh, if they got any any news about him. But for sure, there is many friends around the world trying to push uh, uh, to get some information or at least to push to release him. Another student also was also arrested yesterday. You know, even our kids uh, after the Ju- uh, July invasion being killed uh, in front of the theater, we have now three people, three three young people being killed uh, from the uh, children of the Freedom Theater. And uh, uh, still, like 15 years now, 20 years we working, uh, building this place, in the last July being destroyed, we, we, we rebuild it again, we fix it again. But now after two or three months again, they come and destroy everything. They even stole the computers. It's crazy. This army have no moral. They steal computers. They are not, not a soldier. They are just a thieves. But yeah, it's, it's crazy that uh, uh, we talked to a lawyer that he's going to start looking for information and see what the situation of Mustafa. But for sure, Israelis do not give information that easy. Uh, and because he's still not uh, in, a, in, a, in a, like a clear prison, he's still maybe under interrogation. And that's what we are worrying about, because also the head of the board of the Freedom Theater been already one year uh, arrested before one year, and there is no any clear evidence about what is the accused about him. So you see, as, as an uh, 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 artistic field, as an artist in Palestine, uh, that's the way that we live our life. That's the way we do our theater, our, our, our work in, in art. We are not looked as a, a different way, but that's our mission. That's my mission, to keep the Freedom Theater open, to save uh, Giuliano's legacy and keep fighting for the same uh, 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 things that we believe. And we know that in Palestine, to be an artist, that's also a chance that you're going to be arrested or killed even. I wanted to end today's show, uh, if you will stay with us, um, Ahmed, with uh, another theater director, uh, Peter Schumann, the 89-year-old co-founder of the legendary Bread and Puppet Theater. It's here in New York at the Theater for a New City um, with a show that is an ode to Gaza. I went to it last night. Um, Peter, we only have a minute, then we're going to continue the conversation after um, with Ahmed. But if you can, if you want to share your thoughts with Ahmed right now about what you're doing as he called for solidarity with his theater. Oh my God, Amy, just to listen to this report on Ahmed and this company. Oh my God, them crying all the way through it in fury. 
And in solidarity, it's unbearable, unbearable. And to think that this stupid organization called the Freedom and Democracy or some bullshit like that, that you can't exist. curse, Peter. You cannot curse on I the air. Okay, no more, no more cursing. Okay, no, it becomes so wonderful. Right? Unbelievable that this is a, 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 a congress of cowards, a, a president of, <laughs> seems to be an idiot, so that's a curse. Yeah. It's unbelievable what this country is supporting I don't get it because it isn't just Israel at all. Well, let it's me the ask. And the, let me ask in the last yeah. thirty seconds, Ahmed Tabasi, about the U.S. position, and if you have a message, Ahmed, for President Biden. Uh, I'm sorry for 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 the Americans that the Israel all, all this support, all taxpayers goes to Israel to kill uh, uh, children and kill women. For me, this money should go to create art, to create culture, to support artists, to build theaters, to build artistic and cultural organization all over the world, to, to save artists in China and Russia, even in US. I want this money not goes to create weapons. Americans, you are getting your picture in a way, not in a right way, because all this military support and all this military a crazy support goes to change your pictures as a human. I believe our friends in America, we have the friends of the Freedom Theater in New York. We, they are Jewish and they are supporting us. We, Ahmed, we have to leave it change there. The text. Ahmed Tabasi, Artistic Director of Freedom Theater, just released by Israel and Peter Schumann. Thank you. Mm. Heavenly days. Mm. Oh my gosh. Place the violet fire. Place the violet fire. Um, I'm thinking I'm just going to take a chance. I was going to play Steve Colbert from yesterday, mm. which was pretty good. Uh, but we're right here and it's today and maybe I'll take a chance and let's see what he's got to say today. We have used to do this all the time. Now we do it again. Let's just take a chance. Play it again, Sam. Let's see what he's got here. Um, okay. Um, i got to turn the sound up. <laughs> all righty.
welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to The Late Show. I am your host, Stephen Colbert. It is, it is it's Thanksgiving Eve. That's right. The, the busiest travel day of the year. So hello, wherever you're watching this, whether it's on the TV, at Terminal B, Chili's 2, or on your phone after hitching a ride on the back of a truck full of chicken crates. <laughs> If you're on the road, you're not alone, because recent survey reports 55 million American adults plan to travel for Thanksgiving. And is this true? Okay, that's a repeat. Yeah. Rama, can you take these these two things? Okay. Yes. I'm going back to Thursday. Forget it. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, That's all right. Uh, Yes, I guess Friday's was always a repeat time. Mm -hmm. All right. Back at the ranch. That's a vital question. Peace, love, and laughter to you and yours this holiday season. before break in the House of Representatives, and they took up the vital question of what milk you can serve in school lunches. They've been voting on milk. Now, the bill would reverse an Obama-era rule that removed whole milk from school lunches. Here was part of the debate. The reason soy milk's not in there is because it's not milk. Neither is almond milk. Milk comes from a mammal. Do you like milk? Well, here at Gary's Mystery Mammal Milk, we were pleased to learn that the only criteria for milk is that it comes from a mammal. Now, you might ask, if we're not getting that milk from cows, exactly what mammal are we getting it from? Well, did you know there are over 5,400 species of mammals? And I milked them all. Some of them fight it, some are really into it. Point is, our milk can come from any mammal, elk, badger, or even rat. I'm not saying I milk does come from a rat, but there are a lot of rats out there, and legally, that's milk. So don't get sucked in by that almond, soy, oat nonsense. Stick with good old healthy mammal milk. Our milk is full of delicious fat, and we probably didn't milk a rat. But that would be legal. Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen, today was the House of Representatives' last day of work for the year. And you know what? They deserve a break. In the last 12 months, they accomplished so not. One thing they, they, they did manage to do this year is fire 
the Speaker of the House for the first time in U.S. history. And today, that man, Kevin McCarthy, gave his stirring farewell address. Do not be fearful if you believe your philosophy brings people more freedom. Do not be fearful that you could lose your job over it. Do it anyways. I would do it all again. But no one will let me. <laughs> they don't want me here. Yesterday, House Republicans did approve a Biden impeachment inquiry, despite no evidence of high crimes or misdemeanors. That's not generally how the law works. License and registration, please. Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? Yeah, me neither. But uh, <laughs> tell you what, I hear your son likes to party. Anyway, he could be driving this car. As you were. Before the vote. Maryland Congressman Jamie Raskin explained the Republicans' evidence-free impeachment inquiry like this. Mr. Speaker, you know, the reason mysteries are called whodunits is because they start with a crime and then you have to try to figure out who did it. The Biden impeachment investigation isn't a whodunit, it's a what is it? It's like an Agatha Christie novel where the mystery is what's the crime? No, Jamie, there are a lot of mysteries without a crime. I mean, America loved the CBS hit series, Murder, She Don't. <laughs> some Republicans, some Republicans fired back, like South Carolina Representative Ralph Norman, seen here single-handedly ending the bucket hat craze. <laughs> Rep. Norman insisted if we just give them infinite time, they'll find something. The evidence, I think, as things come out, will finally show what uh, the trail is. Once we show what the trail is, it'll lead us to a series of breadcrumbs, and then breadcrumbs, that will direct us right to a hint. And then the hint will suggest a map, which will finally bring us to a riddle inside a conundrum and smothered in an enigma sauce. The point is, <laughs> point is I'm hungry, who wants lunch? <laughs> For some reason, he continued. You cannot just not uh, say you're innocent and not have to prove it. Yes. <laughs> you, yes, you, you literally can. That's important. It's called innocent until proven guilty. This guy doesn't understand the law at all. Miranda writes, no way, I'm more of a Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Before leaving town, Congress did tackle the nation's most pressing issue and passed a bill allowing schools to serve whole milk. I mean, what are the chances of that passing? 1%, 2% tops. Uh, it's, it's all part of Congress's new dairy campaign. Got anything that will distract people from our incompetence? <laughs> campaign. Campaign. Good ride. For years now, uh, schools have served only low-fat and fat-free milk on the child on the advice of child nutritionists, which did not sit well with North Carolina representative and dog who just heard the word walk. <laughs> Virginia Fox. Fox had an interesting argument for the benefits of whole milk. The nutrients in whole milk, like protein, calcium, and vitamin D, provide the fuel Santa needs to travel the whole globe in one night. Protein helps build and repair Santa's muscles. Hoisting heavy stacks of gifts up and down the chimney is no easy task. 
It is calcium that keeps Santa strong and sturdy as he dashes from rooftop to rooftop. You see, it's not just the magic of the season that helps Santa deliver presents worldwide. It's also the fortifying nutrients of whole milk. Okay. Okay. Okay, nobody tell her, she doesn't know. Um, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Matter of fact, he's in our balcony right now. Even so, Congresswoman, should you use a very real character to make government policy? We can't make it illegal to sell human body parts. What's going to happen to the tooth fairy? She's built a successful small business by exchanging coins for baby teeth that she then resells on the dark web to the Morocco industry. That's what happens to baby teeth. That was the baby teeth. The tooth fairy sells them to Morocco makers. <laughs> Think about that the next time you're listening to us. Yeah. You think of baby teeth. Fox, Fox also attacked the nutritionists who advocated for the rule. I'd just like to tell my colleague something that I think will be easy to remember about why we're doing this. Scientist experts built the Titanic and amateurs built the Ark. She's right. Everything amateurs build is better. That's why I sold my scientist designed car and now commute by balloons tied to a bicycle. It takes me nine hours to get to work, but on the plus side, geese hate me. Fox wasn't the only Republican with too much time on her hands. Derek Van Orden took things a step further and focused on all the questions all Americans are asking. What is milk? The reason soy milk's not in there is because it's not milk. Neither is almond milk. Milk comes from a mammal. Oh, really? If almond milk doesn't come from a mammal, then how do you explain this? Case closed. <laughs> oh. Saying my graphics department made that up. Well, guess what? My graphics department are mammals. <laughs> and we milk them regularly. It's not just Congress. It's the end of everybody's year right now, which means, and this is exciting, all the big prestige movies are coming out in time to qualify for the awards. And what I'm very excited about is the new adaptation of The Color Purple. And I'm not the only one. Exactly. Indeed. I'm not the only one. My dear, dear friend Oprah Winfrey has been everywhere promoting this movie recently. She's been making purple cocktails. She's been unveiling a purple portrait in Washington, D.C., turning the Empire State Building purple, handing out tons of purple movie tickets. And on the streets of New York, she's even been handing out purple nurples. <laughs> now, one of the other big films that I am super
indeed, everybody. I, 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 we're so honored. But you, you, you really are everywhere promoting this movie. Thank you for stopping by. But Stephen, I'm not here to promote The Color Purple, which is opening Christmas Day. <laughs> I just wanted to be here to welcome you back from your surgery. Oh. Oh. Well, that's so nice. Thank you so much. First day, your first day back. I want to be your first day back. Oh, that's so kind of you. Um, I just, you, I'm, Monday was my first day back. <laughs> Oh, well, I was busy Monday, so Thursday worked better for me. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, thank you for being here for my first show back. Well, <laughs> you're so welcome. Oh, well, that's so wonderful, welcome. yeah. And, uh, and how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling really good, so much better. The doctor says I just need to avoid, you know, any strenuous exercise or giant surprises from global superstars. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that because, you know, one of the things, you know, I believe in self-care. Oh, I know. You should take time to sit down and relax and maybe watch a movie. The Color Purple opening Christmas Day. Advance sales are available now at a theater near you. I'm definitely going to see it. But just for the record, you are definitely here to promote The Color Purple. Oh, no. Because The Color Purple, Stephen, promotes itself. It does. It promotes itself. Classic, you know that, and which is why I brought you a get well present. Oh, thank you so much. Is this, is this right? Thank you so much. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna go ahead and say this is probably a ticket to the color purple. <laughs> you got me a ticket to the color purple. No, I did not get you a ticket to the color purple. I got everybody Life-threatening or... She was wearing a white shirt tonight. It just turned purple <laughs> when Oprah came on. Yes. It's magic. It's Oprah magic. Um, coming up in just a few uh, minutes here, we have two uh, absolutely yeah. delightful uh, performers, deep artists coming out here. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. The director of Barbie will be out here in just a moment. And, and uh, the hot priest himself, Andrew Scott, from the movie All of Us Strangers. Be out here in just a moment. Love both of those folks, but um, ladies and gentlemen, if you watch the show, you know I spend most of my time right over there honing the day's finest news resin into a sleek topical story barrel. And Cat inlaid with an 
iconic white emblem and then adding a curved nib handcrafted in AU750 18 karat gold to create for you the timeless yet elegant 1924 Mont Blanc Meisterstruck 149 fountain pen that is my monologue. But sometimes while on the run from forest rangers, I yank a half-scorched branch out of my evidence burn pit and scrawl a manifesto under the wall of my corrugated steel hidey hole using the fugitive charcoal my segment. Investigative journalists are asking why cases of Mountain Dew, Jolly Ranchers, and Swedish Fish were just seized in the UK. I'll take a stab, because King Charles is baked. (laughs) Turns out, probably doing some good. Turns out, these sweet treats have been taken off the shelves because they contain ingredients that have been banned in the United Kingdom. They're just learning now that Mountain Dew has dangerous ingredients. For years, they've been warning us that we are at code red. (laughs) Meanwhile, in shocking presidential news, a bronze top hat is missing from an Abraham Lincoln statue in Kentucky. Man, Lincoln's head just can't catch a break. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Too soon? Authorities are mystified as to who could have done such a thing. The sculptor himself noted that they had to be strong and determined to pry bronze from a base. So, okay, it had to be someone determined, someone obsessed with Lincoln, but also an evil genius with no respect for the law. My money's on Doris Kearns Badwin. (laughs) Meanwhile, in order to study their brain activity, scientists have made VR goggles for mice so they can feel what it is like to be attacked by a bird. Okay, I just wanna ask, and I know I'm kind of a broken record on this, the cancer, all cured, you've, you've, science, you've cured all the cancer at this point, you got a lot of free time to work on sharper image products for rodents. Also, if you're gonna make VR for mice, why make it the worst possible experience? What would you do for humans? Okay, here, try this on. It's a simulation of a boyfriend explaining the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek, okay? He's smiling, but he still seems kind of (laughs) angry. Meanwhile, an AI-generated Jimmy Stewart will narrate a bedtime story for the Calm app, because nothing calms me down like a haunting digital vocal reconstruction of the deceased. What's that? What's that, Mary? Mary, you, you want me to lasso the moon? Well, I can't, you see. They won't let me die. <laughs> Why won't they let me die, Mary? Dear God. Dear God, I'm almost sure I'm praying, man. I just, I just want to die, Clarence. Clarence. Clarence, please just let me die. Martini, shoot me. Give me some of that poison you almost gave the boy. Please. Meanwhile... I'm not the one saying bring Jimmy Stewart back from the dead. I'm just showing you the consequences. (laughs) Meanwhile, a tomato missing at the space station for months has been found by NASA astronauts. Next, they just have to find the missing garlic, baguette, and olive oil. And science will be one step closer to space bruschetta. (laughs) It's one small dish for man. 
never quite enough for the table. <laughs> now, this, this particular space meta, folks, went missing eight months ago. This is true. It is the first ever tomato to be grown in space. And here's where the story gets crazy. It seems NASA astronaut Frank Rubio grew the tomato in space, but then it disappeared which led to speculation by the other astronauts on board that he had eaten it in secret, thus consuming important scientific research in a fit of desire for fresh produce. Even more damning, it had been clearly labeled in the space station fridge, Deb's tomato. Now, the case of the missing tomato even went all the way to the top with NASA Deputy Administrator Pam Melroy asking Rubio if he had eaten and Rubio answering, I wish I had at this point because everybody thinks I did. <laughs> I believe we, we, is this true? We have footage from NASA of the astronauts fighting over the tomato. You took the tomato! I didn't take it! Yes, you did! Give it back to me! You ate the tomato! I didn't eat it! We'll be right back with Greta Gerwig! <laughs> I gotta lighten it up every so often, everybody. <laughs> My goodness. Set ups in 30 minutes without any pain, only results. For more information, visit online at fitshopnm.com. Fitshop. My first guest tonight is an actress and Oscar-nominated writer and director who made a tiny little movie you may have heard of called Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi, Barbie. 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 Of Alan. He's just Alan. Yeah, I'm confused about that. Please welcome back to the late show, Greta Gerwig. Again. Nice to see you too. It has been too long since we spoke. The last time we were talking together was after Lady Bird. That's right. Which you know, I deeply moved by and absolutely loved that. Love that film. Love your directing of it and and Little Women. And and, and since the last time we were together, since the last year here in 2017, five Oscar noms for your your solo directorial debut, Lady Bird. Followed by 2019's Little Women, another six Oscar noms for that. You gave birth to two children. And then this past summer, shattered box office records with Barbie, all before turning 40 in August. So the question is... Why so lazy, Greg? <laughs> I guess I just really went for everything. I just was like, I, it hit yeah. The gas. 
Yes, I, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and was, was that a plan? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, at 35, I'm just gonna hit the gas, give me the ball coach, let me run? Like, what, what? <laughs> I don't know that I was like, oh, uh, 35 was the time, but I think, I think I, uh, I think there was something where I loved, I, well, I loved directing so much. And when I got to do it, um, I thought, oh, I'm gonna keep doing this until they tell me not to do it anymore. So I'm gonna do it as much as I can. And then I really love babies. It's a great combination. Yes, Go with what you know. That's fantastic. Yes, they're also so wonderful. Early in the run that I just described, I had the the the. The honor to present uh, to you yes. this award at the National Board of Review for yes. for uh, your directing and writing of of Lady Bird right there. There we are together. And what I love is it says that there's me and there's you and it's glass. You can't see it, but you have the National Board of Review. It's so clear. It's a, you can't see and it. And I have to say, you gave the most beautiful speech. You saw deeply into the movie. I was crying the whole time. It was so emotional and wonderful. Well, I think your movie saw deeply into me. That's oh. why. Is that <laughs> I love the idea of that uh, attention and love being the same thing, that another vocabulary that you gave all of us and the way to talk about love and really paying attention to other people because love can be a four-letter word that scares us, but attention is something that we all must pay. And I was very grateful for the message of that movie. Thank you. But after this moment, what people don't see. Thank you. What people don't see is that right after this camera was, this, this photo, tell the people what happened. I dropped that uh, award and it, and it shattered into a million pieces. Yes, and, and it was like it was like a stunt uh, uh, award that was meant to shatter. It, no, it was the most. It slipped out of my fingers and out of the corner of my eyes. I saw S Steven Spielberg go no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah! and all the people who gave me that beautiful award looked at me like. Never again. <laughs> well, you, award ceremonies are sort of nerve-wracking to begin yes, with, whether yes, you're receiving or, yes, or, or yes. giving. And you recently gave an award to Meryl Streep at the, the Academy, yes, an I Icon did. Award. Yes. How did that go? That must be a lot of, you know, boy, Meryl Streep. It was Meryl Streep. No, it was, it was very terrifying. I have to say that at that very beautiful ceremony, uh, I uh, the first person to speak was Oprah. Also, she was there, and she well, was she was amazing. Obviously, yeah. also, I can't believe she said my name tonight. Um, that was exciting for me. Um, and but she she gave this beautiful, funny, wonderful emotional speech. Didn't look at notes once. Just so effortless. Don't and when they can do that, I'm and I'm all effort. Uh, my I all of my speeches are effortful and read out like I'm giving a book report. It's terrible. So and, and I So how to go with Meryl? I gave my book report on Meryl Streep. I was not loose or funny. I I packed every adjective I could into this speech, but I love her so much and I just want I wanted to communicate that, but I I I, I find speech is hard. Um, speeches are difficult. They are. They're, they're very, very difficult. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. It's. I think people assume that I'll be good at it because I write and I sometimes perform, but I'm te I'm terrible at it. So that's. Don't ask. <laughs> I mean, that's actually kind of makes me feel good because you're a, a great performer, you're a great director, and a great writer. And if there's something you're not good at, I feel better. Oh, you know, I have that 
same thing, uh, something similar with um, Margot Robbie, who's not as good as Sarah Barbie, and she's so wonderful yes. at everything she does. And she's you can do anything. You can literally tell her to cry out of one eye, and she can. And yeah. she's that kind of a person. Yeah. And she's just astonishingly beautiful. And my favorite thing about her is that she is pretty. Uh, can't sing that well. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. and I made her. Wow. I made her belt out in Barbie um, Indigo Girls closer to fine. Sure. And she was like, "No, don't make me do it." And I was like. I love this. I love it so much. I want it to be loud. And then in the sound mix, I was like, really make her out of pitch. <laughs> now, this is other. This is this is big news that, yes. that, that just came uh, over the transom here. Uh, you have just been named uh, Cannes Jury President <laughs> yes. 2024. Yes. You're the first American woman to appoint as president of a Cannes International Jury. First of all, it's got to be a big deal for a movie maker, a movie lover like you to be the president of the jury. It's so the most exciting thing. What do you get to do? What do you have to do? What do you like? Do you get a badge? I, I, I hope they give you like a scepter, but um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Um, but you get to watch like three or four movies a day, which is like all I want to do. It anyway. can. It can. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And they're French. Yeah. And it's going to be very, very. It's so surprising yes. how French people it's are French. It's going to be. I, I can't wait. And I, you know, it's like the pinnacle of, uh, of, you know, movies and cinema. And to be able to do this is extraordinary. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more of Greta Gerwig. Everybody, don't go on Hold on, everybody. Mm-hmm. That you accepted to write and direct this film from Margot, who is the producer, yes. without telling him that, that you're like, hey, we're going to write a movie together. I promised Margot we would, and you didn't ask him first. Yes. How did that go over? Well, well we found the text. I sort of like vaguely mentioned it, and he sort of was like, I'm not doing that. And then, um, like, hey, honey, I got to go get some milk. Do you want to write a Barbie movie? He's like, I don't think so. Okay. And then you came back later and went, that there's a contract. Yes. It, no, it was what it was. It was announced like one of it was like the Hollywood Reporter or something, and it said Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach set to write the Barbie movie. And Wait, that's um, how you found yeah, it. and he texted. We found the text. He texted me a link to the article and with just a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I said like oh whoops. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and then, and then. Anyway, he, we, we, then he, he, he had a wonderful time. It worked out. Yes, he it did. all worked, yeah, out. worked out. It worked out. Yeah, incredible cast here. Besides America Ferrara, you've got Margot Robbie. Uh, you've got Ryan Gosling as the 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 canacious Ken yes. in there. I'm just curious. Um, I, I also understand that every draft you wrote of this, he was Ken. Yes, he was Ken. Always. He always knew he was Ken. Yeah. When did he know he was Ken? He knew he was Ken uh, later. 
Um, but but I think it was partly because we knew we were writing for Margot that I, we decided to cast in our minds Ryan Gosling, but we didn't know him at all, uh, so we had to. So we just you watching his work. You went, yeah, yeah, that's our Ken. Yes, yes, no. It was it was a. I mean, I've always he's an amazing genius actor, dramatic actor, everything. But I always knew he was extremely funny. I mean, he is extremely funny in lots of movies, but also his SNL appearances. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the great all-time SNL hosts. So I, I, I said this, this is, uh, I've written this for you. And um, he eventually agreed with me. <laughs> and, and boy, can he rock a, a fur. Yes. It's unbelievable. Yes. Yes. Did this... I understand this fur was some some his idea. Oh well, yes, we both um well we share a very deep love of uh, Sly Stallone, and um, he wore wonderful um, uh, coats, and um, we were te- yes, we're texting back back and forth pictures, and so we decided Ken should have this um, faux mink, and um, and then there's a big musical number in the film. Uh, I'm just Ken, and he. He starts out like, I'm just Ken, and then he ends like, I'm just Ken, you know? Yeah. Um, but better. And um, and uh, then it, it sort of becomes this musical, musical dance, like dream ballet. Sure. But one of the ideas that Ryan had was that, um, that he would uh, be, have a, a dance duet with his mink, and that the mink would be fighting him and then love him and then fight him again, eventually defeat him, and that he would be birthed anew out of the mink. <laughs> and and um, somewhere there is a rehearsal footage of this. Really? But I do it's the DVD extras? No, no, not it's it's just it's it's the vault. But uh, but uh, but it's it was the most it was but the thing is, even though it didn't end up being in the movie, it was that kind of um, openness and everybody bringing such brilliant wild ideas that allowed it to happen in its form. So he, so he, we had a, we had a fun week exploring what it would be if he did his mink ballet. Better thank you so much for being here. It's lovely to see you thank again. You. Thank you. Barbie is available for purchase and streaming on Mac starting tomorrow. It's been a girl week, everybody. Sometimes I don't know. I don't know. Welcome back, everybody, to The Late Show. My next guest is an actor you know from Catherine called Birdie, Sherlock and Fleabag. He now stars in All of Us Strangers. I don't know the girlfriend because I'm not in spin terms. I don't want to mean. What do you mean? I mean. I'm gay. As in homosexual? As in uh, that, yeah. Really? Yeah. Since when? Uh, since a long time. How long? Forever. Please welcome back to The Late Show. Andrew Scott.
nice to see you again. Oh, sir. Lovely to have you back. Nice to be here. The new, the new film, All of Us Strangers, hasn't even come out yet. No. And yet it's already being critically praised. You received a Golden Globe nomination for, for your performance. Um, it's, it's a very interesting, very unusual way of telling the story. Yeah. Can you tell us what it's about? Or mm-hmm. in how much can you tell us? Yeah, it's a really it's difficult one to, um, to try and uh, sum up. But it's about this man who's uh, lost his um, parents when he was a boy. And the basic premise of it is a very beautiful one. It's what would you say to uh, your parents that, uh, that you weren't able to ever say to them before? And that he meets his parents um, uh, as as they are now, um, and they're the same age. He talks to his mom and dad, like you just saw in that clip, um, when they're the same age as he is now. And he has to let them know who he is. And so it's a very uh, beautiful premise. Um, uh, difficult one to, to, I keep saying to my friends, you know, just go see it. Just go see it. Because <laughs> you're like, oh my God, it sounds crazy. But it's a really beautiful idea because, you know, so, so much of us, um, you know, so many of us, Think about people, you know, I was walking down Fifth Avenue today and I was thinking most of these people are probably having conversations with, with people that they haven't seen in 15 years. You know, we spent so much of our time in memory, you know. And that's, so, where the, that's where the ghost is. That's where the ghost is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there's, I love the idea of being able to speak to your parents in your own, the, the condition of your own age, you know. Exactly. Going through the similar uh, conditions or similar experiences, or at least have the breadth of experience that they had at the same time. Mm-hmm. Your parents are so with us, I yes. understand. Yeah. Would you like to speak with them at your own age? Like, would you have liked to have had that relationship with them at some point? So when they were your age, you could compare? Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, you never, what's so extraordinary with this film is that you're always the child, aren't you, when your parents even Yes, and in some ways they're always Olympian, especially if exactly. you lost them. But yeah. even if you haven't, they're always... Yeah, and I love this idea that, you know, we, do, we don't do any, in the movie, we don't do any, like in the theatre, you can play several different parts, and the audience immediately believes it, but in the movies... You know, sometimes we have to put a, like a, a nuclear glow around them to show that they're ghosts. We do none of that stuff. It's just exactly the way our memory works, which is, you know, you remember the, the people exactly as you remember them. Not, you don't really think about logic too much. So all the conversations are very beautiful and loving, but they're also kind of thorny because they've got a lot of kind of um, attitudes that would have existed around uh, the 19, late 1980s. And he has to sort of, in some ways, kind of come out to them. Um, and it's very, uh, it's beautiful because it talks about the kind of accidental cruelty of families, you know, that we can have great love, but also your family can say things to you that are pretty bruising, but it's so compassionate and it's so tender and people, when they go see the movie, you know, you can audibly hear, I wasn't able to see it for ages because of the strike and I went to see it in um, for the first time with a big group, 500 people and in London and uh, just people were audibly weeping and so to be able to I don't know, capture the audience imagination in that way is, is pretty wonderful. There's only four speaking parts yeah. in this, which yeah. is extremely intimate yeah, in the yeah. film. Yeah. What was that experience like? It was incredible, you know, because Jamie Bell and Claire Foy play my parents, who are younger than me. Yeah, we've got uh, Sean and Hall. There they are. you here. There you go. There they are. And I'm wearing, like, little synthetic pajamas that you wear. When you're there's Paul Meskel. That's right Paul Meskel, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's as well. That's the only scene that in which we all appear together. So it's this. It's sort of a crazy idea, but it's got this epic. Um, it's got this epic uh, subject matter to it, which is it's literally about life and death, and it's so so beautiful. I'm so incredibly uh, proud of it. I find it very moving. You were talking about it. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so it's it's really just very very specific, and we shot it in the childhood home of the director. 
yeah. which is extraordinary. He lived there when he was um, nine or ten. So we went back into his 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 home. So it's sort of magical. The whole thing was really magical. Now you co- your co-star is Paul Mescal, yeah. as, as I as I said there. Um, did did you know him from before? A little bit. Look, yeah. you're both Irish, and you guys all know yeah, each other. Knows every year. <laughs> You and Brennan Gleeson and James Joyce, you guys all hang out together. Yeah. Actually, there's lots of there's lots of Irish people in movies at the moment. Killian is an Oppenheimer and sure. Barry Cowan and all these amazing actors. Sure. Colin Farrell. <laughs> so it's such a small. But did you guys know each other already? Well, he'll kill me for saying this, but Paul was in an ad for sausages in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not so cool. Uh, no, he was. He's a, still I, kind of an ad for sausages. He's still an ad for sausages. He'll always be an ad for sausages. <laughs> Easy tiger. Um, and, uh, 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 so and then, of course, I knew him from normal people, which I'm sure everybody knows it from. And so we were required to forge this sort of huge kind of chemistry and intimacy in this in this in this movie and you know had you worked together before at all not really no we did a little sort of uh, a sketch for comic relief in 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 london but uh nothing certainly nothing like like the intimacy we have to forge in in this one and so um yeah it was just one of those wonderful wonderful experiences i I love them dearly you know one of the things that I, i i i love about the irish is their sense of humor and and not, not only a sense of humor, but there's their subject for humor is that I've said it before, but I love Irish stories because they're often funny and sad, yeah. but funny about being sad. Absolutely. Well, yeah. when we, when we, when we, you know, I think storytelling is so much part of Irish culture. I think probably because of immigration, you know, so many Irish people moved over here, you know, and so how you keep people alive is by telling stories about them. That's right. You know, and so our Irish people... You know, of course, I'm biased, but um, uh, I do. I do feel like this. This we've had a lot of we've had a bad a lot of bad knocks, but um, I love it. It's fun. I'm going back there for Christmas, obviously. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? What's Irish Christmas like? Um, well, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to fall into cliche, but we'll have we'll have a couple of drinks. <laughs> All the Strangers is in theaters December 22nd. Andrew Scott, everybody. We'll be right back. Okay, that's about the end of this. So um, what we'll do is we'll call on our sister Rainbird and um, we'll give her the last word. And there's all kinds of angels and fairies and feathers and rainbows and crystals. Menahuni and that emerald serpent feather <coughs> is right here at the tip of this talking stick. And here it comes to you, Rainbird. Okay, I got it. And thank you, thank you, thank you for tonight. Oh, <laughs> it's good to hear Stephen and laughing for everything else. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Meditation and mother and all that. So, yeah, yes. lots of gratitude for the family, the conference call, and we get to do it some more tomorrow or this afternoon. So, here comes that talking stick. Ramos, you got anything else for us? Yes, Ramos got a song for us. Yes, this is a different version of How Can I Keep From Singing? Bye. Enya. Enya. Okay. Oh. Oh. Hmm. Um. Where are those words? <laughs> Real quick. Let's see. Here they are. Let me just give the words to this song. 
we got the idea because um, Pete mm-hmm. Seeger, uh, Amy, you, you noticed, played a, played a clip of this song that Pete Seeger wrote. And so Rama found a version by Enya. And it's just the words go, my life flows on an endless song above earth's lamentation. I catch the sweet, though far off hymn that hails a new creation. And it goes on, but I thought those that verse captures the spirit of the song. So here we go. It's time for a new creation on earth. Right here, right now. Heaven on earth. Time for love. Here we go.
it's time to go. Our feet are saying good night. We fleet, we float, we fleet, we float, we fly. The sound of music is playing tomorrow night for all four hours of it. <laughs> it's the season. And we'll see you this afternoon, everyone. May we keep this spirit in our hearts of peace and sharing and happiness. And let's make it so, as the captain would say. Sat nam. Sat nam ti. Thirteen thank yous, honey in the heart, no evil. Aloha, everyone. Thank you for this day. Namaste. Namaste.